Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the Ram and Tau podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Jose. And today's episode is Monsters Wanted. We'll be taking a look at both uh, Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate for the Wii U and Need for Speed Most Wanted U for, you guessed it, the Wii U. It, it's in the name. It's kind of a giveaway. But before we get to all that, we actually have a good chunk of news that we can divide up into a couple categories, so to speak. As promised, there was a, in our last episode, there was a second batch of MMO interviews to cover. Somewhat conveniently, most of what he had to say was rehashes of what we discussed last episode, so that was kind of nice. But he did touch on some interesting Pikmin 3 promotional things they'll be doing, specifically a cartoon. So we're going to talk about that, and then we're going to switch gears a little and talk about a whole bunch of new games that were announced, a lot of which are indie. And I just wanted to say at the top of the show, it's interesting to me that Nintendo has really become the platform for indie games. Between uh, the Pan Arcade Expo East going on the weekend as podcast goes live in Boston and Game Developers Conference in San Francisco this coming week, you can really see a lot of indies that are they have all these great ideas and are being very creative about them, and they're bringing them to Nintendo platforms more so than anything else. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of them are on Steam, a lot of them may be available through for anything else, but in terms of consoles, Nintendo's the one getting them. So, it's going to be a bit of a long episode because of all those games, but it's definitely going to be worth it. And if nothing else, it gives you a good peek at some of the attention, the titles that don't necessarily have the same amount of attention as, you know, Monster Hunter or Need for Speed. And it'll, you know, shed some light on them for you. So, uh, I guess we'll jump into what's up with Nintendo now that I've given my spiel. <laughs> and we can uh, we can just start talking news. So, um, so what's with Nintendo wants to make more cartoons? Sort of, yeah. Well, just like the so, characters ones. Yeah, well, here, right. yes and no. So, Nintendo is developing Pikmin cartoons. Mimo said so in an interview with Polygon. And they're going to be CG, opposed to the Kid Icarus ones that you're hand-drawn, I believe. Or computer. Well, one, one of them was CG. One was CG. Actually, yeah, one was CG and the other two were just hand-drawn. Yeah. Animated. So, But those, with Kid Icarus, they actually outsourced them to a number of very well-known uh, anime studios. And they made them and just went to Nintendo with ideas for plots. Yeah. This one, Nintendo's developing internally. Oh. And then they're going to produce it themselves and release it, much like the Kid Icarus Uprising cartoons through Nintendo Video. I wonder what we're going to so, get from them, like, random skits with the Pikmin just doing that's what, things, or... That's what it seems or like. Or maybe some sort of, like, I don't know, interactions with the new captains, just so we kind of get to know them. I'm sure a little, are. I'm sure a little of all that. What they, Mimo showed one video to Polygon, to, when he was discussing it, and he, he showed them, it was a short where Captain Olimar's blending these red things with leaves on their heads. But it's Captain Olimar. It's Captain Olimar blending red things with leaves on their heads. Don't know what it is per se, but there are some horrified Pikmin in the corner who look more and more horrified with each blending, and then the camera pans and you realize they're carrots. He's blending carrots, not Pikmin heads. And everything's okay, and everyone has a hearty chuckle, and the skit ends. Or the short ends. Oh, alright, so it's pretty much exactly what it was going to be. Yeah. So they're going to be little shorts. Like little then, skits. Uh, yeah, exactly. But um, cool. So yeah, they'll probably use it to introduce new characters. Wait, what was the, the format? Like CG? It's going to be CG shorts of some sort. Mm. Well, what Nintendo's done is a, lo- a little background. Uh, no, probably not. It's probably going to be like, well, a little background. And then that might explain how they're going to approach it. Is, um, so Miyamoto has actually, when he was younger, some people may know, some may not, but he actually used to draw four-panel cartoons, like comic strips. And he wanted to kind of bring that back. So this Pikmin CG idea is where it originally stemmed from. And... He create he mapped it out in Flipnote Studio and then sent it off to the CG team to build, and then they made these cartoons. And these cartoons actually started already. If you recall, E3 Nintendo's E3 press conference this past year in 2012, it was it started with some CG Pikmin in Nemo's clothing. 
Remember, they were, like, running oh, around yeah, when he was yeah. prepping. Then also in Japan, um, one of the major movie chains, movie theater chains, Toho Cinemas, I believe, they're running Pikmin shorts before movies. Presumably stuff like, don't forget your food and silence your phone and, you know, those oh, sorts of, like, awesome. let's all go to the movies and have ourselves a treat, but with Pikmin. So yeah. this is just the next step of that. So it's going to be that style of CG, probably. And without the real world element, so yeah, I'll be yeah. self-contained. But, um, yeah, so they, they obviously are doing this already. They're just expanding on And it's, like I said, it's going to be distributed through Nintendo Video on the 3DS. Nintendo hasn't decided if they're eventually going to sell them or not. It seems silly not to, considering they're already putting money in to produce them. But uh, they'll be out before the game as a way to hype the game. And Miyamoto has said that, no worries. While he, while he is involved in this process, they are a side project. They are not his main focus. Games are still his main focus. So, to me, this seems like, you know, it's really just a clever marketing move for Nintendo. Because they're showing 3DS owners, these cool little Pikmin characters, and then presumably a lot of these 3DS owners who don't own Wii U's might go, gee, it'd be fun to play a game with these guys. Go buy Wii U with Pikmin 3. Because they're like, well, there's a game about these little things. Yeah, exactly, because they're gonna, I think Nintendo's gonna kind of introduce it. Like, the people that know it will be like, oh, it's Pikmin. I know Pikmin, but there's gonna be a ton of people that are like, what's this new cartoon on Nintendo Video? Assuming people actually watch Nintendo Video. That's mm. kind of the big, the big <laughs> what if. Will they actually watch it? But um, well, it's safe to assume they're probably going to do this with other like really big franchises. I would imagine. I mean, Miyamo said that they haven't decided that, yeah. and this is a trial run, and you know. Well, I mean, but it really, if it does well, then yeah. yeah. But really, it's the second time they've done it. Kid Icarus being the first, so yeah. they've already set a precedence of doing this. I would imagine they'll keep it going. Do you think like had they known Fire Emblem would have been like a really big success, they would have made like shorts of it? Well, they had the shorts right in the game, kind of. Lots of the cutscenes are made by famous studios yeah it's bone right the people that do the animation for it's a Trini five i think i believe so yeah. i'm not sure but i believe so pretty sure it's that but yeah um but yeah so those are pikmin shorts uh something to look forward to pikmin 3 who knows when that's coming out uh nintendo actually if you check the wii u eShop lately game and wario and wonderful 101 are both listed as coming soon now pikmin 3 is nowhere to be seen so i'm guessing it's a little further out yeah unfortunately part of the year's gonna be busy yeah definitely but, so that's the cartoon. I just wanted to, since we did promise Miyamoto interview update from last episode, there it is. That's the only new thing he said. Um, he just reiterated a lot of old points. So listen to the last episode, episode 38, if you want all the breakdown of that. Uh, but let's jump into new games, because there's a lot of them. So the easiest way to do this is probably to go by platform. So we'll start with Wii U. We'll talk physical Wii U games, like retail games, and then eShop games. And then we'll jump to 3DS, do physical 3DS games, and then eShop games. That seems like the easiest structure, so it's clear what's for what system. So to kick it off, we're actually going to talk about a port that's been rumored for quite a while. But it's a port that, it, there's a lot of effort being put into it. Like, a lot. Like, it's not, it's late, it's two years late, but they're trying to make up yeah, for it with so the amount of content. So the Wii U is, like, kind of a port machine, at least these ports that it's getting right now. Even though they're for games two years old, they're really, like, big updates to those games, relatively yeah. speaking. So the game in question that we're talking about is Deus Ex Human Revolution. Uh, it's officially now coming to Wii U as of this past week, and it was announced by Square Enix, you know, very, um, like I said, a few days ago, and it's really, at its core, it's the same game. So you're going to have a futuristic cyberpunk action RPG, you're going to be running around doing either stealth or combat, it's really up to you. The whole game's about, like, choose, yeah. do you want to go the stealth route or combat route, so you'll be doing that. What's be... nice is that it's actually a prequel to the series. Yeah, so. it's a prequel to the so series, so it's, perfect yeah, it's a good way to jump in. It's going to be doing plot-wise, it's going to be doing with a lot of, like, possible future issues and current issues such as the role like uh, corporations in politics or the idea of like human uh, enhancement through artificial attachments and body parts so all of that factors like the world like it's like this corrupt world is set in it's very yellow 
the world's very yellow tinted. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's cool though. Yeah, I have a friend who has the game and he really likes it. So right off the bat, there's a little interest for me at least in this because of that. But um, of course, because they are calling it director's cut, it's human, it's Deus Ex Human Revolution director's cut. That means that there's gonna be some new stuff and a, and a reason they're calling it director's cut. It's not just like we tweak things. They call it director's cut because they're really bringing new stuff to the table. Where before there was an ammo clip in a pot of plants. Yeah, now, now it's going to be in the floor. Yeah, no, it's more, it's bigger than that. It, uh, That's pretty much what the tune for Resident Evil Revelations <laughs> I know, I know. Well, no, Resident Evil Revelations has some pretty neat stuff. We're going to cover no, that no, right. Yeah, 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 but I mean, like, like all ammo's in new places. Oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Before there was no ammo's in this. Well, they're oh, doing yeah. stuff like that in this, too. They're oh, tweaking yeah. things on a lot of different levels. Like the enemy placement is probably going to change some, yeah. some places. And blah, yeah, blah, blah. yeah, so let's probably start, I think the best way to do this would be go yeah. broad and then shrink down to the little things. So, broadly speaking, uh, Eidos... Mon- Montreal was the developer original, and they're working with a uh, straight right who ported Mass Effect Three to the Wii U at launch to bring the game. Hold on, to bring the game um, to the Wii U. And I know your O oh, is because well, Mass Effect Three apparently had some issues, like some graphics issues, like graphics clipping and some other problems. Straight right has said that that is due to their pre-release development kits, and now that they have final ones, they're able to not have those issues. So, or they said something like that at some point. So. Hopefully it turns out right. And IELTS Montreal is apparently co-developing, so it's not just straight right that's doing it. So there's that. But looking, if you look past the developer possibly being a problem, um, there's going to be a lot, like I said, a lot of big changes for the Wii U. First up is the gamepad. Well, I mean, the, can have, I mean, the game right now goes for like under 30 bucks. Maybe. Yeah, it's about 20 so now. And they're charging if you're going to sell it for yeah, for 50, 50. it's going to be 50, then, not 60. Yeah, then yeah. Especially yeah. since I have a PC, like I always wanted to play that game. Yeah. But once I have free time, I'm like, oh, should I get? It's like you get for twenty, or should you get for fifty? So there has to be a yeah, justification. Yeah. Thirty dollars worth of game. Yeah. Well, they're they're trying. The gamepad's gonna be using some really clever ways to try and make up for that. So first up, you got your usual stuff. All the hacking. Me versus enough to convince me. So. Oh, there is me versus now. Yeah. yeah uh, first up, there's not to get ahead. Oh, but you just did. <laughs> <laughs> That's, <laughs> but okay. First up, there's you know things you'd expect. So we have um, all the hacking can now be done with the touch screen. Makes sense. Uh, there's a display of your inventory, and there's more than a, a mini game, right? I don't. I would assume it's a mini game. I would assume it's like Resident or Zombie U. I don't know. It's probably like draw the line to the thing. It's gonna be a mini game. But on the I thing is, in, in the original like... Deus Ex, it was a mini game you used a joystick with. So now you're just replacing the stick, oh, the control stick. Yeah. You're swapping out the stick for a finger. Yeah, most of these mini games anyway are always like ridiculous little. Yeah. Things anyway, like uh, I don't want to get distracted. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> so they're gonna be hacking. They're gonna have um. They're gonna have, like I said, an inventory and a two D map that you can access anytime on the Senior screen. Hub, what? Senior hub. Yeah, it's good. You mean HUD? HUD yeah, HUD. HUD. Why are you HUD. Heads up display. Yeah, yeah. they're gonna, they're gonna take it off the screen completely, and it's all gonna be on the touchpad on the touchpad of the gamepad. So it's gonna use you can use the screen as a scope and aim with it for some select weapons. It's gonna have off TV play. So, you know, on that level, it's pretty much what you'd expect them to do with the Wii U port, but then they're going beyond that. So since the game is so heavily relying on stealth, or at least it can if you choose to play that way, they're letting you use the gamepad to scope out your environment better. But how it works generally in the other versions is your third-person view camera, and you can see your surroundings by, like, peering around a wall or whatever, and that's about it. You can't, like, look around completely. But with the gamepad, you can jump into a, vi- a view where it's almost like Mario 64. At least how like they describe it. Mode in Batman or in early? Yeah, maybe. Or Assassin's Creed? I don't know. What's the... Oh, oh. Sword. Sword. Well, gonna... Everything is like see-through when you have... Oh, they're going to have that, but I think that's in the other version. What they're doing with the Wii U is you can jump into his eye. You can go into first-person view, much like uh, Mario 64, which you were able to do by hanging up on the C. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But on C. 
see up. But when you do it in this one, then the gamepad becomes your head. And you just move it around to look around. So you look up, you look down, you look, look, you look left, you look right. You build strategies off that, which apparently you couldn't do in the original. If I'm wrong, please correct me in the comments for this episode. But from my understanding, you couldn't look around freely, which meant sometimes you're fighting with the camera to get the right angle to see what's down the hall, and I don't have to worry about that. So that could be... That could how, change strategies. Yeah. On, like, on paper, it doesn't sound like it'll change much. Mm. Maybe, uh... Sure it does. If you can only see... In front, if you can only see a limited range, but with this one you can look up and see a security camera directly above you that you can't normally see yeah, because in, it's on the corner. But in third person, I feel like, I mean, depending on the camera, you could kind of move in any direction. Yeah, but the, pro- the problem is if you're doing person. stealth, if you move, you're also moving forward or backward or left or right. You can't just s- s- go in a circle completely still. Yeah, like usually the other one analog is the camera and the other one moves the camera. That's true, I guess. I don't know, this is how it is on almost every third person. Yeah, I might be, you know, I might have bought into the hype a little too much with how they were selling it, but yeah, either yeah. way, the option's there. Oh. And since you mentioned Miiverse a minute ago, the other cool thing it has is it's going to introduce, um, it has info logs, it's what they call them. Basically, it's a combination of uh, screenshots you take, audio you record using the gamepad microphone, like notes to yourself, uh, drawing, drawings, typed out messages, all those are combined into an info log, which I don't know if you can create these at any time or only at preset points in game. It wasn't exactly clear. Uh, like, uh, Square Enix didn't really say one way or another. But these info uh, info logs, which presumably you use to help you remember things or jump back to, if you haven't played in a while, it catches you up. You can share these with friends over Meverse, which is actually kind of neat. So you can send an info log of what, how you're being a certain boss or how you're handling a certain situation. Since it is open world and you do choose, do you want combat or stealth, send it to a friend and they can be like, oh, I did it the other way, but that's a good idea. And they can go back and do it or whatever. So that's kind of a neat idea. It has potential. It's a clever, it's a clever unique use of Miiverse. Yeah. To combine visual, audio, screenshots. It, I, I think it's kind of cool. I don't know practically like the practicality of it, but it's kind of cool. And if you... Um, if you look even beyond those gamepad, and that that you do on the gamepad naturally, as the game plays out on the TV, so you record it to the gamepad, you type on the gamepad, draw on the gamepad, etc. And outside of those main gamepad uses, uh, the second screen is also going to be used for true director's cut content, much like a movie. So the official strategy guide for the game is built in- into the game; it's on the disc. Whoa. So all you do is like on the, the in this, or yeah, so or whatever it is. So on the second screen, on the gamepad screen, you can just pull it up at any time if you get stuck. That's actually kind of cool. It's actually a really cool idea, and I really hope more developers start doing that. Yeah, that that could be the secret like gem of this whole thing is yeah. built-in strategy guides. Nintendo already does it with manuals. All manuals are ac- accessible from the gamepad at any time you're playing. Strategy guide is just the next logical step. Yeah, because I mean, um, I almost always go to a strategy guide at some point just to or look game at, facts or yeah, something. Yeah, just, just to look at like yeah, other fact, how to unlock everything after I'm, yeah. I beat the game. And in fact, now that I think about it, the whole reason Intel made the internet browser work while you play while the game Before is in. That? Yeah, was well, so you could check online. I so this is a very things. logical idea. It makes a lot like it's really smart. And in addition to that, from a director's cut angle, there's eight hours of director commentary over the game, which is I don't think games usually do that. Like as you play, yeah, the only other game I could think of is um, Left 4 Dead, where you yeah, like, oh the boomer right here. Right? Yeah, no, they're doing gonna it's be gonna be just like that. Oh, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah, and there's a 45 minute making of documentary on the disc as oh, well, which I, I believe I God of War does that on PlayStation, right? Yeah, yeah. Every God of War yeah has its own little. So those are like the big changes, but they're also addressing fan concerns, and a lot of the tweaks are based specifically on fan feedback in the past. For the original. So, uh, a lot of fans weren't happy with how the bosses played out. You didn't have the freedom to do stealth versus combat. You had to fire a gun. That's changing. They're actually now completely redoing the map layouts, the AI, the damage, and the health in boss battles. So, it's like entirely new bosses. And they're also, um, 
adding a new game plus mode is what they're calling it where after you beat the game since the game's so open-ended and like you know branching past and different options they want you to play it over and over that's probably why director's cut commentary is there why the strategy guide's there all that as you said people want to collect everything so with New Game Plus, you actually get to start the game again, but keep all your items, which was apparently something they overlooked on the original. Which seems kind of silly. Yeah, you encourage multiple playthroughs, but they take away yeah, everything. Yeah, because it's kind of a staple in those kind of games. Like Resident Evil has the... Uh, yeah, well now, finally, they're doing it with this. Cool. And they're also fixing even little things, like some lefties were complaining the controls weren't very comfortable for left-handed people, so they have a left-handed option. They're, they have multi-language support of both the Man. voiceovers and the subtitles, and you can have different... Like, you can be listening to it in French, but reading it in English, so it can actually teach you another language, hypothetically. <laughs> so, they're putting some effort into this. And it will come, because it is two years late, it's going to come with all the DLC that was released since the game launched, integrated right into the main story. It's not going to be like you're now loading DLC, it'll just go seamlessly. And all the pre-order bonus weapons and every achievement, all that's coming over. And all the graphical tweaks from their big DLC pack they released after the release of Deus Ex, which uh, included... Uh, let's see, improved lighting, uh, enhanced fog, smoother shadows, all those sort of like little things, they've retroactively gone back through the whole game and put them in. So they're claiming this is going to be the best looking version. They they ramped up the anti-aliasing so it won't be jagged or anything. It's going to be like, they're really putting effort into this, which is nice. Man, Most companies just, like Lego Batman 2, we talked about last episode, it's coming to Wii U. That's all, that's all WB had to say. Yep, we're making it for Wii U. So it's just going to be a quick and dirty port. This, they're actually like trying, which is appreciated. I'd say. Yeah, it's cool when developers go back and actually listen to, or like to try, to, try to make a point yeah. to like, like, oh, we're not just fixing the game, how we think we would make it better. Like, exactly. Right? And honestly, that's gotten me interested in the game. I mean, my friend had it and really liked it, but, and when I first heard about the core, I'm like, oh, whatever. But all this effort they're putting in, I'm kind of intrigued. Like, I'm going to keep an eye on this. I might pick it up. It really, you know, they're really trying, which is nice because usually companies don't try. <laughs> uh, luckily actually all the ports we're talking about today they're really trying when we get to Monster Hunter and when we get to Need for Speed those are solid ports yeah so yeah. it's a nice trend that seems to be emerging and Resident Evil Revelations which we'll talk about in a moment also solid port it's a revelation yes it's a revelation to see it but the one thing I have to wonder is why who at Square Enix decided well naturally the best game for Wii U right now would be Deus Ex which came out two years ago versus say the just released Tomb Raider which they could put on all three systems day one. Like, I'm not quite sure how... I know it's different developers and different studios, but I'm not quite sure who along the way thought, well, let's put the money into Deus Ex and not into Tomb Raider. Yeah. Just seems a little strange. I mean, I understand the hacking. I mean, not even Hitman, which came out before that. Well, the ha I think the hacking of Deus Ex and the futuristic everything's touchscreens in the game and whatnot fits the Wii U, makes sense. Kind of like how Mass Effect 3 makes sense, which is straight right did both. But still, it's a little odd considering there are newer games with more buzz that they can market easier because they have the buzz. But yeah, either way, uh, Deus Ex... It's done, it's done. Yeah, and Deus Ex Human Revolution Director's Cut will hit on May 7th for 50 bucks. So that's coming up. Also coming in May, on the 21st of May, to be exact, is the HD version of Resident Evil Revelations, which we have talked about before, but Capcom recently announced some brand new features, many of which are actually Wii U exclusive, which kind of surprised me. I did not expect any Wii U exclusive features out of that so uh first let's talk generally games raid mode they're fleshing it out more it has hd graphics obviously but the games raid mode is being flushed out with new weapons and new characters so i already know about hulk being a playable character and we already not know the they're incredible new, not the incredible <laughs> the guy from the, the game uh and we already Which from resident evil no it came out in the series i should yeah. say 
Uh, and we know there's two new monsters, and now we know that Rachel, who is from Revelation, she's the one that can't see because her bangs are too much over her eyes. I mean, she doesn't... Let me rephrase. In the game, they make it seem like she can see just fine, but when you look at her character design, her her hair goes, like, down to her nose. Like, I don't know how she sees. But she uh, she's the one that's the very uh, gratuitously unzipped leather top as well. They, she's their sex like symbol. Right yeah. Oh, spoiler. But... Huh. Well, kind of. For people that have never played it. It's in the trailer. Oh, that's right. They even said, that, like, like, oh, everyone hated this character so much. Well, you might be happy with what we do to her. And right. They show, like, well, she's now playable in raid mode as well. So for the few people that like her... Mode? No, Whatever. normal. Normal Rachel. So she's playable. That's true across all HD versions for every system. More interesting, however, is the Wii U stuff. So, uh, you know, you're going to get, once again, somewhat stand- what's now standard features on the Wii U. So there's uh, off-TV play. There's going to be pro controller support. You're going to use the gamepad, much like the bomb screen of the 3DS. So it's going to hold weapons, maps, everything will be displayed on the touchscreen of the gamepad. Which, if they didn't do that, they would be idiots. So I'm glad they made the right choice yeah, there. Yeah, it's just like the DS. Yeah, it's, 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 it's literally the DS X, 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 XL. It is. It's the, it's the DS, DS Triple XL. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how big a TV is it? Yeah, yeah same, same philosophy. But the big surprise is the Miiverse integration, which you kind of alluded to a few minutes ago. And really is actually very neat. So, like, there's two things they do. One is kind of standard. Like New Super Mario Bros. U and like Nintendo Land, messages will appear whenever you, on on the game over screen. How it was in Mario's, they appear before levels, they appear when you die. Nintendo Land, once you beat the minigame. In this, if you die, they appear. They're called death messages, and they can be drawings or text that are posted in Miiverse, and they'll just be integrated right into the game. And, of course, you can post right from the game over screen to Miiverse. It'll be a two-way street, just like it is with everything else. The, uh... The more creative second use of Miiverse, though, comes into play in the raid mode. And Capcom is introducing a new feature called Creature's Voice, just for Miiverse. And basically what it is, is as you're playing raid mode and monsters are coming at you, they're going to have speech bubbles above their heads. And the speech bubbles will be filled by comments from friends. Hmm. So it's going to be kind of a fourth wall breaking thing. Like, it's not, obviously the horror and the suspense won't be there. If a zombie's coming at you, there's a screenshot there, at least, where there's a zombie with its arms stretched out and it says, Hug me! So you can put the comments to the monster, so you can make the comment make sense with what they're saying, or you can give a game tip, Wait, that mean you or you can give a warning. To the monsters, or just randomly? I, I think you could assign it to the type of monster. Oh, like okay. it'd be like, well, you want this uh, creeper, bleh, whatever they're called that's to say. Awesome. Yeah, at least that's how. Because like, I mean, what's the likelihood they're gonna have the, a zombie say "hug me"? But you know, yeah. it has to be able to make the hugging motion. Yeah, but they, these do. That's my point. But they don't yeah. all. They're different types. I'm saying it has to be one of the crawling... It has to be one of the ones with the, the, with the lanky arms. It can't be one yeah. of the small ones, obviously, so there must be a way they yeah, can filter. Yeah, well, I mean, those are damage dozen, though, so... Yeah. yeah. But, um... So they'll have speech bubbles. And, you, like I said, you can put anything funny, you can put warnings, greetings, really whatever you want. They will be censoring them, so don't go too crazy. No drawings, either. But that, to me, is, like, the best use of me version. Well, it's clever, it's funny, it breaks the fourth wall, but it can be turned off if you don't like it. So you can have your horror, your horror back. Yeah, but raid mode is more like arcade anyway. Exactly. Too. So by exactly. then, you probably would have had your fill of horror from the campaign. Yeah. And you know, really, between like the, I guess, just the HD upgrade and the Miiverse integration, I am kind of kicking myself for getting the 3DS version. I know, I know. If I didn't get the 3DS version, we couldn't have talked about it a year ago on the yeah, podcast. we knew this one was going to exist. Yeah, but it's just kind of like I want that Miiverse stuff. It seems, How old is it, it seems though? silly. Like Not even. It's a year. A year. It'll be out. It'll be 15 months when it comes out. When mm-hmm. Revelations HD comes out. They're doing it just because they have a solid game that got good reviews that could have sold better. They're happy with the sales, but they've obviously there's a bigger eye on console. But, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to double dip. 
but the the urge to do so is kind of there. Like that Miiverse stuff is like, so cool. Maybe we find it like one day is at like ten bucks or something. Yeah, because that Miiverse, the creatures always thing is like the most genius use of Miiverse thus far. It's yeah, just it's, it's, it's fun. Almost like it, I would get the game just to play raid mode. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and the thing exactly. Raid mode does. I mean, if it's going to be more than three DS, you'll get your money's worth. Yeah. That. Yeah, and and yeah. plus it's uh, just going back to the Miiverse thing. That's something the other guys can't do right now. Xbox and PlayStation don't have an equivalent. That's truly something you only get from a Nintendo console. And it's nice to see third parties actually run with it. And not just be like... I mean, Deus Ex as well. They're running with it. They're not just being like, oh, you can post on the game over screen. Yeah, I mean... They're really being creative. They're putting them on monsters. They're putting them in info logs. PC and Xbox, but it'd be way too tedious, especially typing with a controller. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm sure we'll see them eventually have that sort of feature set, but for the time being, it's a cool little Wii U only treat um one thing that is on every console though and is or yeah is nfc and if you recall last episode we were talking about how miyamoto said well we'll announce nfc support in due time well the time is now apparently (laughs) that's rather quick uh so this is a good segue from our retail discussion to our eShop game discussion because this game literally bridges it pokemon rumble u which will be an eShop download comes out on april on april 24th in japan no confirmed date for America or Europe, it will have a very strong retail component in the form of NFC-enabled figurines. So, like with uh, you know, like with Skylanders, you'll be able to put the figurine into the game. So, how it will work is you put one of seven figurines onto the NFC reader on your gamepad controller and it imports that Pokemon into the game. So far, they've announced that uh, the figurines will come in. I think I said seven varieties. They've confirmed six. You're gonna get Bulbas- You can get Bulbasaur, Piplub. Torchic, Lucario, Victini, or, of course, Pikachu. And how they're selling them is kind of uh, ingenious. It's kind of genius, actually. They're selling them as capsule toys from the little machines where you put oh, the quarter in and you spin it. It's cool. 200 yen, which is about 2 bucks. You put it in, you spin it, and you randomly get one. Don't know what you're going to get, so you're going to end up with a lot of duplicates, and Nintendo's going to make a lot of money. And they're also going to sell, because they know people are going to collect you can them. trade. Yeah, you can trade. Very true. The Pokemon Roots. And you can, they'll be selling these carrying cases so you can carry them around like a Pokemon trainer. Oh, man. It's a clever idea. And it's super clever if you think about the fact that Pokemon Rumble, in all its previous iterations, has always been toy Pokemon come to life. You get more through a capsule machine. So now and then it's, you, so it's literally they're bringing it to real life. Yeah, it's the most ingenious thing. But with that said, and they, and they did say, I should say before I say the but, they did say that they're going to have, um, this is the first set. So presumably they'll be releasing more Pokemon. But there are two big... There is a big butt here, and that's... Man, I kind of want to collect just the toys, though. Probably won't get the game. Well, yeah, the game... I mean, the game's pretty fun. It's just no, kind of an action-y... Fun, but, yeah. But it's... Mm, but here's the butt. I was trying to figure out some sort of... This might be my, my chance to try that. There is a big butt, and I cannot lie. Sir makes a lot reference. Anyway, that's horrible. I'm sorry. But with one T in this case. Anyway, I... You know what? I quit the podcast. That was too, that was too much. I'm sorry. No, anyway, um, what I was going to say is the big but is that these Pokemon are still in the game normally. All 649 Pokemon can be get gotten in the game as you would in any game as you play. What these right. seven do... So it's like you don't, need, you don't need the toy. So what these seven do is they just let you import them into the game earlier than maybe you would get otherwise. And you can upgrade their stats using the in-game coins you collect, which you can't do with the normal Pokemon. So they're like a kind of Pokemon on steroids, but you don't need them to play the game. Which sounds good on the surface, but if you're Nintendo and you're trying to push NFC, you're, you gotta go full force. You gotta Skylanders it. You gotta Disney Infinity it. You gotta require the toys. So to me, 
this seems more like it's Nintendo testing the waters than anything else. Can't you also like take the toy like to your friend's sake? I was yeah. I don't know. That some one translation I saw said that the data is stored in the toy itself, but I've not seen that anywhere else. I've seen that you can upgrade them in game. I haven't seen that you can mm. export it back to the toy. That's interesting. Skylanders, you can do that. Disney Infinity, you yeah. can do that. It'll go back and Those forth. Toys, I mean, these also look pretty tiny. They know. are. They're yeah. really small because they're capsule toys. Oh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're like just, two inches yeah. tall at most. I mean, if you look at them, they look really, really, really tiny. They look just like the game characters, yeah, like super cool. sharp yeah. and polygonal, which makes yeah. sense because that's the style. But like I was saying, I this really feels to me like it's Nintendo just testing the waters. Like they're not going big. It's not the same scale as Disney. It's not the same scale as Skylanders. So, it, it just seems timid. Like, it seems like they're just kind of like, well, we have this game about toys, and we have this thing that can read toys, so let's see how it goes, and if it goes well, we'll expand like, on it. I feel like they should have been more confident. I mean, they, of course they're going to do it. It's Pokemon. If they would have gone all the way, yeah. like, Pokemon... I mean, I, they're giving they're giving themselves the room to do so. The first set, they claim, is the seven. I guess, like, but, future sets could... Yeah, but it's just kind of like, the game doesn't require them, so right there, they're not... They're people that won't buy them. It doesn't... You know, there's not that many. It doesn't do anything, really, in the game except let you beef up their stats, yeah. which is, like, not that... Like, it's significant if you want to keep using those same Pokemon, but you get more powerful ones as you play yeah. through the game anyway. Well, I guess if they are testing... I mean, like, I know they'll never it's do... Kind, it's like a Pokemon... My, I view it, like, with Pokemon Battle Revolution. That's the first one. I don't know, like, but, like... Like, I'm, like, since I know, like... Well, they said they'll never put, like, a Pokemon game on a console, but... Yeah, so they'll do something. Like yeah, this. but if they do, like, the, like, the next Battle Revolution or Pokemon box, like... I know that'd be cool if you could have, like, the figurine... Well, why would... And put it on your... Yeah. Like, like so you don't have to, like, transfer... Because like, the transfer process, I remember, from the DS to the Wii... Was a pain. Was kind of a pain. Sometimes they would, like, not really sync right or mm-hmm. stuff like that, and then you would get, like, bad eggs. But it'd be cool, like, if you had, like, a figurine or something, like a Pokeball... Yeah. To represent the game, and then you just like somehow transfer to the 3Ds, and you just touch the NFC pad, and they're already there. Yeah, that'd be super nice. Yeah, why? Why was I gonna say about Pokemon oh, Battle you Revolution? Get your friend's house and just like put your Pokeball there, and it's kind of like your family. Yep. Well, I was gonna say though about uh, Pokemon Battle Revolution is I view Pokemon Rumble and its use of NFC much like how Pokemon Battle Revolution was like the first Wii game to use online. Like it was kind of not exactly testing the waters, but Nintendo wasn't like. It had online, it worked, it was good, but it wasn't like these crazy new ideas, or it wasn't like, it wasn't like Mario Kart Wii, where they had a whole channel that updates you on what's happening in the game world, and blah blah blah. It's just, you can battle online. This is just like, yeah, you can use toys. Even that out. Exactly, it's like, there's a trial run. You have to pick three, and you can see each other's Pokemon too, that always bothered me. <laughs> anyway, point being, there's a trial run of like Wii. legendaries? Oh, hell no. <laughs> but yeah, there's a trial run of uh, the Wii's online infrastructure, and I view this as a trial run of... Uh, toys with nfc with that said though and now i'm gonna do a quick plug it is worth mentioning that um obviously nintendo is gonna do something big with nfc whether it's this or something else there's no doubt that they have things planned and i actually wrote an extra which you can now view at ramtown.com.com called uh eShop. sorry eShop. nfc's future is e-readers past and basically the idea is in my mind that this is a test for NFC and Nintendo could do a whole lot more if you look at what they did with the e-reader the Game Boy accessory where you swipe different cards to do different things they had things like uh, NES games you could boot up entirely from a, from cards uh, Animal Crossing items Pokemon cards like literally the Pokemon train card game integrated with e-reader you could swipe them and get mini games and Pokédex data and they can use them for the continuous card game like imagine if they took Pokemon train card game made a virtual one like the on Game Boy Color and they just import your collection by popping them down on the NFC. Did NFC cards have to be made out of... No, they could be the same material. Well, they could just have a... They have gloss on them already. Mm. As long as there's something between the two sides of the paper, they're okay. 
Like, you know, something keeping the two sides connected. Yeah, yeah. Like, the potential's there. So, it, it could be cool. And the thing is, Nintendo, as we've discussed on the show before, they do have a history of not giving up on old ideas. Virtual, I, this is how I kick off the arc. I mean, Virtual Boy led to GameCube 3D panel prototypes led to the 3DS. Connectivity between GameCube and Game Boy Advance led to the second screen on the Wii U gamepad directly. So, you know, Nintendo doesn't give up on ideas. I'm pretty sure that e-reader will resurface one way or another in NFC, at least another potential. So I highly recommend, partly because I wrote it, that you go to Nintendo.com and check out that extra. It's a pretty solid breakdown of the history of the e-reader and what it means for how Nintendo can legitimately, beyond testing with Pokemon Rumble, use NFC in Maybe clever ways. Awesome. Yeah, they actually did, I mentioned in the article, they did Mario Party E for e-reader, where it was a card game with a board, but then the minigames were on the Game Boy. You swiped them and played. So imagine that if they did a board cool. game, but then the minigames were on the gamepad, and you don't even need a TV. Like, that's just one of many possibilities. So definitely check out the article. There's a whole, bunch of, so diff- awesome. yeah, there's a whole bunch of different ideas of what Nintendo could do based on their actual history, which means they have a legit chance of happening. So, like I said, I highly encourage you to check out the uh, article. I'm... I, I would like to think it's one of the better ones I've written for the site. So, um, with that, that is it for the retail, and we're shifting fully into eShop, Wii U eShop news. So, uh, actually, really recently breaking news, like, this weekend. Breaking news. Breaking news. I wish we had some sort of alert sound. But uh, Penny Arcade Expo, as I mentioned, is happening. The Eastern version is happening in Boston, This the same weekend this podcast goes live. And at it, Capcom announced two new eShop games. Uh, that will they'll also be on other consoles, but they're coming to the Wii U, and they're not exactly... I, I, I lied. They're not exactly new. They're old games that have been made new again. So first up is a console bundling of the uh, arcade beat-em-ups Dungeons and, based on Dungeons & Dragons. There were two of them Which that... Which was really good, like the original. So. Yeah, actually. It, yeah, there are two of them. There's Dungeons & Dragons Tower of Doom and its sequel, Dungeons & Dragons Shadow over Mistara. I think that's how you say it. And together, yeah, together they're basically Golden Axe with Branching Pass and more flesh. It's like Golden Axe or Gauntlet, side-scrolling beat-em-up, 2D, you know, that early 90s, what was, one of the staple genres of video gaming has since kind of died off. So they're bringing it back. Um, it's now a two-in-one game that's going to be called Dungeons & Dragons Chronicles of Mystera, and it's going to take the 2D gameplay, keep it all intact, but now it's going to be an HD, fully uh, redone graph. Well, the graphics are still sprite work, but they're HD-ified. They're turned high def. I don't know what the term would be. And it's now instead of just high definitionized, high definitionized. And now that instead of uh, having to go in arcade to play multiplayer and wait your turn and whatnot, it's now going to be drop in, drop out online multiplayer. Seamlessly, you can just join a game, quit a game, Whoa. presumably with friends. Cool. Yeah. So um, they're also throwing in some other things, such as uh, what they're calling house rules, which allow you to customize the game so you can have certain restrictions for certain rules of what you can and can't do. There's going to be what they call a character visualizer that shows you what your best character is and what your friend's best characters are so you can make the perfect party as you go on your dungeon exploring and questing and whatnot. And there's going to be a challenge system that has certain in-game goals that you can meet to unlock new things and get more loot. So it's basically the same early 90s game just now. With the same graphics, just in HD, and with a whole bunch of new features, and online. And of course, the Wii U edition, unlike its HD brethren, it's going to have gamepad support. You're going to be able to use the touchscreen, nothing too fancy. It's just going to be for fast spell and item selection. And the package will be out in June. So that's number one. Unfortunately for Capcom, the second game they announced very, 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 very quickly overshadowed the first game. And that second game, I'd be surprised if you didn't hear about it by now. That's a 
DuckTales Remastered. So DuckTales, the classic NES DuckTales, is back. And I sound like a marketing guy now. But no, seriously, this this game is like, this was like the pinnacle of like licensed platformers on the NES. It was this and like a few others. But this, this Goonies 2, Chippendale. But this is like the one. Goof Troop. But this is like the one. When people are like, oh, remember like the Disney platformers? A lot of them always go DuckTales. Yeah, Plus, it was one of the biggest cartoons of its time. So, uh, so yeah, they're bringing it back. Capcom's teaming up with the guys over at WayForward, who are a bit of revival pros. You know, they did Contra 4 for DS. They did the very nicely hand-animated A Boy and His Blob for Wii. They have a habit of doing these revivals of classic games and doing them well. So it's good that they got them. And for DuckTales, uh, they're going to be doing the same basic revamping. It's going to... All the... The sprites are now fully hand-drawn animations. They made Scrooge's coat the right color. It was red before in the game, which was wrong. Now it's blue. That matters to someone <laughs> out there, I'm sure. I'm sure there's some Scrooge fan who's like, Yes! Finally! After 23 years or oh, whatever. What a quack. I'm done. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was not as bad as my Sir Mix-a-Lot reference. Right. Yeah. At least if the song was current, it might work, but it's like, the song's from 1994. Anyway. Um, I'm pretty sure I'll use Final Play at some point. I'm sure you will. So they're fully, they're fully animated 2D characters, and I point all the characters. Scrooge, the side characters, the Duck, the Huey, Louie, etc. All of them. Thank you. All of them. And they're going to be exploring 3D rendered worlds. So they're trying to keep the same geometry of the game. So the, the 3D's pretty simple. Like, it has this, you know, but it's 3D with 2D sprites now. Or 2D hand-drawn. Yeah. So, um... The entire game's been remade in this style from the ground up, and it's got new areas and challenges also thrown in, so there will be new content for people who, you know, may have played the original to death as a kid and want more than just a nostalgia trip. They're also adding some progress tracking through what they're calling the Duckburg Museum. Well, Duckburg Museum's a thing in the game, in the show, but they're adding a progress tracker inside a Duckburg Museum, and there will be a money bin that you can swim in. Oh. So, that's happening. <laughs> um... But yeah, on top of the always money. I know, right? A money bin to swim in. On top of all that, WayForward's also tweaking the original game to make it a little more accessible for today. So you're gonna um, that pogo jump move, which is kind of what the, it's infamous for. It's this crazy. I do like a whole bunch of buttons just to bounce from one enemy to another, like doing a down jump and then you bounce. That's now gonna be a lot easier to do. They're also adding a map ability or a mapping system, but all those features are not required. You can turn them off because there's probably some pure, some Ducktales purists out there. A sentence I never thought I'd say. There are some DuckTales purists out there <laughs> who are probably insistent that the game stays true to it. So all those extra tweaks that are making it more accessible are totally optional. And on top of all that, this is probably the biggest, most significant announcement of it, or part of the announcement. They have all the living members of the voice cast back to reprise their roles with new dialogue. Even Scrooge McDuck's guy. Yeah. Or not Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, his name's McDuck, right? Did I just make up his yeah, last name? Okay, I thought I made up his last name for a sec. Yeah, they're all back, and they're all going to record a fresh dialogue. So, it's kind of a big deal if you're a fan of the show or a fan of really good old platformers. Yeah, I've never played the NES one, but it always looks fun. Yeah, it's, I, have, I haven't played it either, but I've heard such good things about it over the years. <laughs> the music, you know, I haven't played it, I already, like, it's just so catchy. Oh, yeah. The moon, the moon uh, While well, we were seriously concerned... Oh, I thought you were going to say the theme song. No, Go ahead. I'm talking about the game. The moon theme. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but catchy. the, the um, even the theme song, yeah, though. Yeah, Brenda made a big YouTube video that... About it? Lyrics, put lyrics to the moon theme, and they got really... Popular back in the day, back in the four years ago. Back in the back in the day, back in the college when, days, when, when, when YouTube was just starting out, back in two thousand six. But um, which is actually seven years ago. Whoa, whoa, I feel old. 
But anyway, um, we don't know a release date beyond summer for DuckTales Remastered, and we don't know any Wii U special features, but obviously play. there will be some, probably just a map on the touchscreen or something or simple. Or off TV play. Or off TV play, yeah, I didn't hear you say that, sorry. Yeah. But um, it will be coming to, like I said, all Ishii consoles this summer, so soon. Yeah, I don't know, one thing I gotta say though, I, when I heard about the remake, I was like, oh, it's probably gonna look... I mean, I, I'm not saying it doesn't look nice. But it's staying a little too true to the simple geometry. But, um, I kind of don't... I, the 3D rendered backgrounds and the graphics just don't really click with me. It makes it feel... It makes the characters... It like, feels like Paper it, Mario. It, 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 even, yeah, it feels too much like Paper Mario to me. Like, the characters, even though they're really nicely animated and drawn, because you have 3D rendered backgrounds, they feel really flat. They yeah. feel like... As, it look, yeah, it looks like I'm looking at a diorama. Yeah. Like I'm, It would have been perfect on 3DS eShop. Yeah, so, I don't know, <laughs> it just looks like... I don't know, it looks weird. I think it's one of those things that, like, they just, they wanted to fully, an- you know, I really wonder why they didn't just fully animate the yeah, whole like, world. Like, why did I a shake boy it? Is, a boy wait, is, how is Warren going to shake it? How is the it's fully animated. No, I mean, I know, like, the back, but uh, It's background? 2D animations as well. But the whole game's hand-drawn. Yeah, see, I Same see, with a boy and his blob. It should have been, like, all or nothing. Yeah, well, a better example is WayForward's own A Boy and His Blob, which they made for Majesco on the Wii back in 2008, 2009. Yeah. That was entirely hand-drawn, and it looked really nice. So that, that almost feels like it'd be a better fit. You're yeah, right. Like, I don't but, know why they. But in terms of core, it, well, it's a downloadable tile, so it's probably more uh, cost efficient to just hand draw the characters. Because obviously, not just gonna do sprites in HD. They had to hand draw them in some way. So yeah, raise up the price. It wasn't worth it. I don't know. I can't even <laughs> Well, I don't. I don't even know how much. Because honestly, be. like as sm- small of an issue it is, it kind of turned me off a little bit for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. No. I. I, I can. I can see why. It. Well, it is kind of not jarring. Because I don't have. Because I don't have the nostalgia to make me go like, oh, I'm gonna buy it because I haven't played it in like 20 years or something. Yeah. I mean, it, it is definitely like. No, I don't want to say unexpected, but it is not how you necessarily expect it to look when you first like see yeah. it. It doesn't look Although the trailer's good. really well done. They have all these quotes from game developers about like how this game like defined their childhood or whatnot. And then one of them's from Tim Schafer of Psychonauts and Brutal Legend. And the quote's literally, please stop emailing me asking for a quote. That's the quote they put <laughs> in the game, which I thought was kind of funny. Or in the trailer, I mean. But um, switching... Yeah, actually, not really... Well, kind of switching. So we're talking about WayForward, obviously. And they're doing um, DuckTales. But a good chunk, or not a good chunk, but a number of WayForward employees left that company and formed a new studio called Yacht Club Games. And they're making their own game. And it's actually being kicked, it, they announced it via, they're trying to fund it via Kickstarter, and they've confirmed that if it gets funding, it will be coming to Nintendo platforms, which makes sense because WayForward loves their Nintendo platforms. So the game is called uh, Shovel Knight, and it's going to be, it's a platformer that they're describing as, and this is a direct quote because you can't make up quotes like this. A hot mashup, new and old, that may remind you of Mega Man, Castlevania, or Dark Souls. So if you ever want a hot mashup of new and old, Shovel Knight may be the game for you. <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> it, what it, so, what, I mean, I guess it really becomes, what does that actually Mega Man, Castlevania, or Dark Souls. Take your pick. Yeah, it's only one. You only get one. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's, uh, the question comes, obviously, what does that mean? So to Yacht Club Games, it means that you'll be in a retro 8-bit adventure platformer. You're going to be a knight with a giant shovel. Which is, you ready for this? It's called the Shovel Blade. Because it also is a weapon. It's a shovel and it's a blade. It's a mm. shovel blade. You're a knight with a shovel blade. I'm just going to keep saying shovel blade because it's a fun mishmash of words. Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I figured out what the hot mashup is of new and old. A shovel and a blade. <laughs> it's a shovel blade. That's the mashup right there. But, um, yeah, so your goal is you want to stop this uh, the evil enchantress. Which you can only def- do by defeating eight different bosses in eight different realms that each are entirely unique. Do you have to bury so, them at the end? 
I don't know, but I really hope so, because that'd be a missed opportunity. It's kind of interesting. Like, after you beat the boss, you have to like dig a hole and well, keep carry in mind, them and this, drop them in Keep in mind, this is a side-scrolling 8-bit platforming game. Well, yeah, I mean, just, yeah. just dig a hole like Mario. Oh, yeah, like Mar- just hit like, like, B a couple like times. Super Mario Bros. Yeah. 2 style, you just go over there, carry the enemy, yeah. drop them in there. And I'll admit, I'm being kind of snarky about this game, just because like, it's fun to poke fun at the... Uh, at the um, hot mashup and whatnot. But no, Yacht Club Games, these guys, it's a bunch of talented dudes from uh, Way Forward who are now doing their own thing. So the game does have potential. But the, the whole 8-boss thing is very similar to Mega Man, actually. Wasn't that what they said? Yep. Like it's funny because a lot of stuff you can kind of trace to other things. For example, it's also going to uh, let you use the shovel to bounce off enemies. So you point it down and you ricochet from enemy to enemy. Like, uh, like duck No, like DuckTales. Yeah, like the king. Oh, like the... Yeah, I missed her. I thought you said like Kane, like some game called Kane. I was really confused. The Wrath of oh, wait, it's a Kane. Yeah. Legacy of Kane. Yeah, like the po- It's not a pogo stick. It's a Kane. It's a pogo. Yeah, but it's called a pogo jump. Yeah. Yeah. So like, so like Ducktales, this will have a pogo jump of sorts. And uh, just to be clear, it is very old school, but it does have some modern features. So the graphics, they're gonna use the NES color palette. That's something they're being very clear about. In case anyone wants to know. Because that's such a great color palette. But I'm, I'm not trying to it's, just, it's just a retro color palette, yeah. But they're going to use some graphical flourishes that weren't possible back in the NES days. So you can expect parallax backgrounds with layers. You can expect some little, you know, flourishes here and there. Just stick to the NES limitations and not use the NES limitations. Yeah, well, hey, I mean, it's kind of cool out there. I, they want to have a deep, a more aesthetically pleasing game than oh, yeah, just yeah, yeah. a no, white background. I, 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 or a blue I, I, background. I mean, it's, it's yeah. like the original Mega Man. Nine and ten, yeah. Like they have the NES aesthetic, but, but they, they had but they, way but they, more but they said like, like, yeah, it still couldn't be done on the NES. They have like more enemies yeah. on the screen. Yeah, like this one. If you look at video, <laughs> yeah, if you look at video on their Kickstarter, it like has like little backgrounds go like four or five layers deep, and it uh, the music's also gonna be very old school, but it's kind of from a bit of a I guess a modern maestro, you could say. Uh, the same guy that was behind my Switch Force music, the Shantae mm. music, oh. the Contra Four music. Man, I love all that music. He is going to be doing the music for Shovel Knight. Oh. And Shovel Knight... I mean, wait, what? My reaction was not... Yeah, you're very excited about that. Well, something to look forward to. Yeah. And Shovel Knight uh, will be hitting the Wii U and the 3DS, which makes those backgrounds sound way cooler because they'll be in 3D, later this year as well as PC, via Steam. So which one do you get? Well, here's the thing. Uh, (laughs) You need to decide now what you want because... For this to happen, you need to pitch in money because it needs to be kickstarted. Oh. So, uh, assuming the Kickstarter goal is reached, all this will be happening. So you can contribute to the Kickstarter for uh, Shovel Knight on their official page, which you can access in the blog post under news from our site at roundtown.com. If you go to episode 39, Monsters Wanted, scroll down a ways to the news section, where everything is timestamped, by the way. So if you want to skip to something else we're going to talk about, feel free. That's what the timestamps are for. But um, mm-hmm. And you probably didn't hear this if you just skipped. Yeah. Somewhere. I'm not here. So yeah. So those who stayed on board, hi. Thanks for sticking with us. We hope you're enjoying your listen. It should be a very or those, or those who are just tuning in. Or for those just tuning in right here. But anyway, no. Uh, we have a link to their Kickstarter, so you can go check it out, see if you want to contribute. If you contribute, I don't remember how much, but if you contribute a certain amount, they will give you a download code for the 3DS or Wii U version. So you'll be guaranteed to get a copy, assuming they meet their goal. And if they don't meet the goal, you don't have to pay anything in the end. So really, you don't really lose out. If you know you want it, now would be the time to get it. Um... Because you're helping them make it happen. So that, that's what's kind of neat about Kickstarter. And I know I said at the top of the show, like, indies are really coming to Nintendo now. But I think Kickstarter is a big reason for that. Besides Nintendo's new relaxed policies and their awesome uh, eShop team, who are, you know, I literally reaching out to these developers. The fact that Kickstarter is so huge now is making it so much easier for companies to make games for Nintendo platforms. Mm-hmm. Or really any platform. I mean, a lot of the games we're going to talk about today are Kickstarter. So... 
I think I think that's gonna be a trend we're gonna see at GDC this coming week, or depending on when you listen to this, it was the week of this posting. But I think we're gonna see a lot of indie game developers who are like, "Hey, we have this great game. We're looking for a publisher, or we'll Kickstarter it if we don't find one." Instead of just saying we need a publisher, and, and, if, and if not, that's it. We're done. Like they have a second very viable a- uh, avenue they can go down now. In fact, I don't know if you hear about this. Uh, Veronica Mars, the old TV show, the cult TV show. Uh, wait, they have a they the kickstarted a movie. For the show, all the actors on board, careers on board, Warner Brothers gave them the rights. The movie made $3 million in 12 hours or something like that. Whoa. Like, it's becoming a movie now because fans kickstarted it. So it's definitely going to be a shift. It's, it's Kristen Bell's show. Who was the lead? Kristen Bell. Um, the blonde. What did she do? That was important. She was Veronica Mars. She solved mysteries and stuff. Well, and she's named after a planet. Oh, I'm outside <laughs> of that. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but it was on uh, CW before it was a CW. When it was still, I guess, WB. Or what? Or UPN? Or I don't know what it was before. <laughs> anyway, um, but let's go back to not for Kickstarter. Let's go back to the Wii Wii Shop. Let's go back to there's, video games. Yeah, let's go back to those video games. So there's another developer, Wayfor Yacht Club Games. Another one that you might want to keep on the radar is a company called um, Scientifically Proven, and they're bringing three titles to the Wii U. So uh, you may actually know this studio from previous games. Uh, for the Wii, they made Real Heroes Firefighter. Which was a first-person shooter, but instead of shooting bullets, you're shooting water at fire with a hose, which was your Wii remote. Yeah. And you put out the fire. Yeah. No, but uh, the game, it actually um, got some decent reviews. It's, you know, it's a novel concept of a first-person firefighting game. And uh, they're, and they had like, dynamic fire and some other somewhat fancy features. And it's now going to get a sequel on the Wii U. That's one of their three projects. So um, it's going to be powered by the Unreal Engine. It's gonna. It's currently unannounced, but the goal is to have it be episodic, so we'll be getting multiple firefighting games, and it will focus on the dangers of firefighting, much in a way that, like, when you're playing a first-person shooter, you're, it's very tense because there's other people shooting at you, especially online. They kind of want to recreate that, but have fire be the threat. That's kind of a lofty goal because fire just, I don't know, just doesn't feel threatening, even in a game. I mean, obviously, yeah, fire is very de- obviously <laughs> chasing you with a gun in its hand. Yeah, but obviously, you have a scary face and you're good. Yeah, I mean, obviously, fire is a scary thing in real life, but in a game, it just kind of loses it. So we'll see if they can pull if they can do that. I mean, yeah, everything in games is more of a it re- it, it's just the fire has to be realistic. That's the catch. It really has to look like a burning something. It can't just be like you know orange textures going up and down. So, but um. Beyond that, they're working on something on the total other end of the spectrum, which is a tower defense game starring a crotchy old man who wants his kids off his lawn, and it's called Get Off My Lawn. You're going to use, like, man, lawn I ornaments. I before. <laughs> no, the, no the, I know, right? It's like you use lawn ornaments and stuff and seasonal items to keep kids off your lawn. It's like Plants vs. I would imagine it's like Plants vs. Zombies or something, but with kids and a, evil old, and a grouchy old man and lots of garden gnomes, is my guess. They didn't really say anything. The one they were mostly talking about is coming out in June, which is actually pretty soon. It's called Blood of the Werewolf, and it will be on the... Just to be clear, this, along with the other two, on the Wii U eShop. And it's going to be kind of a Castlevania-esque platformer. Uh, it's side-scrolling platformer, 3D-rendered graphics. It's uh, following a member of a wolf clan. Her husband gets killed. She wants to avenge the death, so she goes to the houses. And by houses, I mean, like, the armies of, not just their physical house, of Dracula, uh, Dr. Jekyll and uh frankenstein so you're gonna be fighting all these guys and the, like i said the game's supposed to be very castlevania e and they're also saying it's gonna be very hard they're specifically calling it like 
you know, like, it's gonna be, like, white knuckle, intense platforming, nothing like, you know, not for casuals at all, you're gonna really, like, tough it out, so, it's seeing a whole bunch of platforms, and now Wii U is added in, and for the Wii U, they're planning to include, um, some extra goodies, such as, uh, a leaderboard and friend tracking, level maps, on the, presumably on the gamepad. Like extra as in, it wasn't in there before? I guess not. Because uh, the, they were interviewed by Nintendo Life, who does a lot of great eShop coverage, and they asked them what can we expect in the Wii U version, and they listed off leaderboards and friend tracking, uh, some sort of... I feel like those are across all of them, and they're just highlighting them anyway. Yeah. But we can... Here, let's reword it. We're guaranteed that the Wii U version will have the following. Better? Uh, probably much better. Leaderboard, friend tracking... I'm just going to keep repeating them. Uh, <laughs> level maps, I assume, will be on the gamepad. And some sort of secret area indicators, which presumably will be on those maps on the gamepad. So I'm guessing the maps are probably the Wii U feature, and the leaderboards and friend tracking, probably not as much. Although maybe they mean the leaderboard will be constantly viewable on the gamepad. Who knows? Who knows? But in a, uh, a similar note to that coming to the eShop, because that is a multi-platform game that's now Nintendo's also getting. One game that was actually out years ago is coming to the eShop as well, and that is a game called The World of Keflings. Is originally released for Xbox Live Arcade in 2010, and was just recently ported to Windows 8. And now the developers over at Ninja Bee are venturing outside the confines of Microsoft hardware and are bringing it to the Wii U. So it's actually on display, I believe, at GDC this coming week, if not PAX East. And uh, it'll hit later this year. And the game's got players. Uh, they're gonna be giving a helping hand, a helping hand to these small humanoid-like things called Keflings. They're like little miniature people. And when I say helping hand, I literally mean you are controlling a character who is moving around pieces of their city and, like, picking up and plopping down, like, houses and whatnot. So it's kind of like Black and White, that god game from way back when, mixed with, like, SimCity or something. And the character you control in the Xbox version was your Xbox avatar, so presumably you're playing as your me, walking around and plopping down houses for these little Keflings. How it is in the Sonic racing games. Yeah. Wait, what? Oh, yeah, yeah you it's me instead of Avatar. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. yeah, so as you're me, you can, and the neat thing is you can do clever setups. Like, you can, like, have all these cannons so the, the little Keflings, at least shown in the trailers, the Keflings can, like, actually, like, be fired around all these different places for quick access to their homes and whatnot. And uh, another big thing about the game is it has an online component where you could visit your friends' worlds that they create, which, uh, you know, kind of like Animal Crossing, but also... A bit different since it's, you know, you're helping build a world and presumably the friends that come over through online can also help. So it it was pretty well received on Xbox in 2010. And the Wii U version, they're going to be upgrading um, the visuals because it's been a couple years and the Wii U has more power. And they're going to have some sort of unspecified gamepad use that they're still uh, secretly outlining, I guess, or secretly implementing. Although presumably when it's playable at GC this coming week, we'll get a taste of that. So we'll keep you updated on that. And all those other games. That's it for new announcements. Yeah, that's one I'm probably going to keep an eye on. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Yeah. It, apparently, it's a pretty slow-paced game. It's one of those things where, like, you really, when you start the game, you're like, I need to dedicate two or three hours to building my world. And you just sit there and build your world. Yeah, I mean, I can appreciate a slow-paced game. Yeah. But it's, it sounds more like a relaxing game yeah. than, like, a rapid-fire. Like, it, it's a nice contrast from the bare-knuckle platforming action of... It's uh, like fluidity. Yeah. It's, like, slow, but... Yeah, and, like, it's... Next a, game, though... Which I don't remember what I was talking about. We were discussing. Oh, speaking of slow, but before I, before I get to that, just to the contrast I was trying to build was I was comparing Kathleen to Blood of the Werewolf. I'm not sure if that was clear, but yeah. Speaking of slow games, another pretty slow, methodical game, not in a bad way, is uh, Toki Tori Two, which has been 
which was supposed to hit the Wii U at launch, and it was supposed to hit it in March, and then when they submitted it to Nintendo, the developers only had two, over at Two Tribes discovered they uh, had a bit of a game-breaking bug, yeah, which unfortunately... Of yeah, I know, seriously. So they got they had to delay it, but finally they have, very happily, I'm sure, confirmed the release date of April 4th for Toki Tori 2. So we've talked about Toki Tori 2 before, but we haven't really talked about what it is. So as a quick refresher, uh, the game, it's a side-scrolling puzzle platformer. You're a chicken, and you use the abilities of stomping... Chick? Yes, you're a chick, not chicken, you're a chick, thank you. Yeah. You're a chick, like a baby bird. Yeah. No, it is a chicken, it's a baby chicken. Well, yeah, but it's still chick. Well, it's when also you, a chicken. Yeah, but when you say chicken, I fish your full-grown chicken. Oh, no, it's not... Okay, fine. It's a chick. It's a chick-chicken. I mean, you don't call a calf a cow. I mean, some people... I mean, they are, but... Fine. It's... You're right, you don't call a chicken. Okay, fine. It's a... It's a... Chick-chicken. A chicken-chick. And you use its abilities of stomping and whistling to solve puzzles. So how it works is the whole game's very open-world. It's very, uh... Metroidvania. It, it, you know, where it's like... You explore different areas, but you can backtrack to the first ones. And how it's going to work is all the puzzles are based on those stomps and those uh, whistles. So, for example, uh, the developers give an example where you are trying to get up a ledge and you can't. So you have a you have to get a bird to fly you up there because you're a chick. You can't fly yet. Or, well, chickens can't fly, period, but <laughs> same point. Uh, so you, as the chick, whistle. Or, no, sorry, you don't whistle. You stomp. There's a fruit tree nearby. You stomp the tree, the fruit falls, then you whistle for a bird to come down. The bird sees the fruit. It lands. You latch onto the bird. The bird, when it flies back up to where it's perched at the top of that hill, takes you with it, and then you're at the top of the cliff. So it's those sorts of puzzles where you're combining different elements and doing different things in order to get through the level and get to the goal. And in addition to that, they're also doing what they... They also have a photo mode where you use the gamepad, kind of like a scope. Like you move it around like a scope, and they can take photos of the creatures in the game, and they'll be added to your Toki decks. Yeah, like a Pokédex, but with a T. Tokédex, which will give you information on all the creatures that you encounter. Gotta catch them all. Gotta catch them all. Gotta snap them all. And oh, and presumably the pictures can also be shared to Meverse. If, if not baked into the game, you could just share it, you know, a screenshot. So that would be kind of fun, because it's almost like an interactive... It's almost like a photo community for Tokidori 2. You can, it's like Pokemon Snap, but with other photographers, if you will, taking a look. So that's all coming out, like I said, April 4th. Which is a new confirmation. We also recently found out that uh, Spin the Bottle is coming out in May. And Spin the Bottle, we briefly touched on last episode, but it's probably worth elaborating on because we didn't really explain it. And it is by far the strangest game for the Wii U in a while. And that, it's um, the name itself. Yeah, Spin the Bottle. So we definitely, you don't have to, it doesn't oh, yeah. even use one. So what it is, is it's a Wii U game that doesn't need a TV at all. Uh, basically, how it works is you have, a, you have a Wii remote, and the Wii remote is how you play. You're doing co-op experiences, let's say, with other people in the uh, in the game, and you just use a Wii remote. You can have up to eight people parti- participating all together, and you are literally doing who knows what. They're being very mysterious about it. So what we do know is there's a couple different mini games uh, with a whole bunch of different names. Uh, oh, we have Nap No, not Nap Natnock's a developer, but yeah, we have yeah. stuff like Pass the Badger. Like, Grab the Rooster. Grab the Rooster. Like, they all sound slightly, like, Rocket, sexual. Rocket Man. Yeah, exactly. And how it's gonna work... How it's gonna work is... What was the last one? Yeah, and outside. go... Yeah, outside That's and outside. Told you, like, you've played enough. Yeah, the trailer... No, not even that. It's more like, go play it outside. The trailer literally says, go outside. And everyone's like, what's that supposed to mean? And the developers, Natnock, who you who you're talking about, said that they literally want you to go outside. In the sense that, um... 
The game doesn't need a TV at all. You're using the Wii Remote and presumably its speaker for everything you need to do. It's a very physical, social game. So the game asks you, where do you want to play? Do you want to play outside? Do you want to play in the living room? Do you want to play in the bedroom? Do you want to play around a coffee table? Like, whatever it is, the game will, it'll, you know, it gives you options, and you tell it, and it kind of custom, it kind of tears the experience to where you are. And it doesn't need a TV whatsoever. It's like the craziest... There's a reason. There's a reason when I was saying like it's cool how indie developers can do whatever on and how create new like, create new ideas on the eShop now. This is what I meant. Like this is like totally different from anything we've ever seen. Yeah, that is. So and obviously it has a slight it has a slight semi sexual tone to it. Like the characters all are slightly phallic. <laughs> like they're cartoony, but they have yeah. It's just like they're not pulling it. And it's called spin the bottle. Like they're not pulling any stops. It's supposed to get people closer together, literally. So, and I'm sure all the main games require all sorts of interactions with other humans. But um, the game is, it already won a Best in Play award from the organizers of Game Developers Conference. It will be playable there this week, so I'm sure we'll be learning more soon. But it is, for nothing else than its bizarreness and its lack of needing a TV, I would consider myself intrigued. I don't think I'll ever buy it, but I'm just really curious to see what they're going to do. Like, spin the bottom. someone that gets it, just to play it. Yeah, maybe I'll just cave and buy it. But th- that's weird. Like, if it's so, like, oh, it's about, like, hooking up with people and stuff, oh. it'd be weird to have just like, a bunch of guys playing it. Unless that's your thing, that's not weird at all. But it's weird for guys who it isn't their thing. I don't know. It's it's a very peculiar... 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 Why can't I say that word? It's very strange. Peculiar. Thank you. But I'm looking forward to trying odd. it out. <laughs> yes, it's a very odd game, and I'm looking forward to trying it. And honestly, there's no way to top any Wii U news after talking about Spin the Ball. Like, there's nothing further to say about Wii U. Whether we want to or not, well, conveniently I set it up so we don't. But there's no way anything I say after Spin the Ball will sound any bit as interesting as that bizarre game. So, with that said, let's jump to 3DS, shall we? Uh, the first thing I want to mention about, or we, I should say. Sorry, leaving you out, Jose. The first thing worth mentioning about 3DS is, as you may or may not know, there's actually a limited edition 3DS launching the same day that this podcast is hit. And that would be March 24th, for those of you without a calendar or who are listening in the future and trying to look back at the past and don't know when it is, and I'm just going to talk real fast. They um, they are releasing a special edition Pikachu 3DS. It's bright yellow on the outside with a giant Pikachu jumping towards you, arms extended. Ready for a hug. Ready for a hug. With very unfortunately placed camera lenses on the 3DS that Nintendo or some, not Nintendo, but IGN likes to pretend that they're, they're badges he earned, but really they look ever so slightly like nipples. That's neither here nor there. I don't know if you like Pikachu nipples. It's up to you. But the system itself actually does look pretty cool. And the inside is white. So if you want a white 3DS XL, this is the only chance you have at getting it. And if you get a case, you have a white. All white, yeah. If you get a case to cover the outside. And it, uh, it's going to coincide with the launch of Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, Gates to Infinity, which came out the same d- today, the same day. And it's also going to coincide with the launch of Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, which came out today, the same day. And it... Convenient, not coincidentally, but very conveniently coincides with the current promotion Nintendo has, where if you buy Luigi's Mansion or Pokemon Mystery Dungeon and a new 3DS XL, you get a free download of Freaky Forms or Mario 3D Land or a number of different games. So the Art Academy, no. Art Academy Star Fox, yeah. So <laughs> Art Academy Star Fox, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Art Academy Star Fox, draw like you're in the stars. But no, um. Yeah, so if you need a 3DS XL, now's a good time to get it. Some places are selling it cheap. Apparently Target, or no, Toys R Us is selling it for 150 yeah, which is dirt cheap. Pretty cheap. Yeah, so um, if you have any interest in a 3DS XL and you don't mind a bright yellow one, here's your chance. And also, I recommend you do it fast. In fact, if you're listening to this a week from now, it might be already hard to find because um, apparently 
what I've been hearing anecdotally is quantities are very limited. So if you want one, act fast. And with that, let's jump into real news. Let's try to jump into some game news for 3DS. So we have a couple uh, physical retail games to talk about, and then we'll switch over to eShop, where there's a whole slew of new announcements, much like with the Wii U. So physical... Uh, the bit, the only brand new game work that hasn't been discussed before is a game called Hometown Story, and now we can talk about it, because now it's revealed. Uh, so this is essentially a new spin on Harvest Moon. It's from the creator of Harvest Moon, a dude named, uh, Yasuhiro Wada, and it's a game that, it strays away from the farming roots, but it stays true to the, like, you're building and expanding something, and you're having relationships with town folk, so... It was originally shown last year at E3, kind of, as a game called Project Happiness, and now it's officially Hometown Story, and it will be available on 3DS and mobile devices, presumably iPhone and Android. And uh, you're a shopkeeper. You have a magical, what they call a magical sprite assistant, so a little creature hmm. with magic. And That's you're going to... Magical what? sprite? No, not the soda. Magical sprite can. No. No. <laughs> if only, but no. Uh, and you're going to be running a shop with his assistants and doing all sorts of things with townsfolk. And I assume there's some sort of magic element that they haven't really revealed yet. Like I said, they're keeping it under wraps. Or I don't think I said this yet, but, so I'll say it now. They're keeping it under wraps till E3. But what we know for so far... For fear that it might turn off the players. I don't know. Either that or for fear that it'll cause such a frenzy and everyone will insist on having it immediately and they'll start bombarding publisher Natsumi's offices with hate mail about how they don't have their game yet. So either it's a lack of interest or too much interest, or they just want to have a good buzz going. Either way, it's something. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the game will be similar to Harvest Moon. You build a shop, you're going to grow it. The trailer they release shows multiple steps of the shop, where it's like, first it's really small and it's a little bigger. It's kind of like how your house grows in Animal Crossing, or how Tom Nook's store grows as you buy more in Animal Crossing. Yeah. It's that, but you're running the show. And... Um, the way they show the character interactions is all in Japanese, but it looks very similar to how you build relationships in Harvest Moon. So those fans should be happy. But the most interesting note is the music's being composed by the Final Fantasy composer. You want to tackle this name? Nobuo Matsu? Yeah. And the Pokemon character designer... Oh. Atsuko Nishida. <laughs> he is handling... The oh, 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 so like, did I pronounce Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> he is handling... Uh, the Pokemon character designer is handling the in-game character art. Or the game character art, which means the little sprite creature can easily be a Pokemon. It looks like it has the same cut, like the same shading, the same basic look, all the art as the first batches of Pokemon did. So that's kind of cool. And that, you know, that's the hard thing. for him to design that creatures outside Without, of Pokemon. Because, yeah. I mean, he's still kind of designing the current Pokemon he designed. Yeah, as contract work, right? Gen, so, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I don't know, I'm going to have to make sure. It's not something I would later want to use. Yeah, but, but if nothing else, that should get some people somewhat interested and like i said we're gonna learn a lot more in june at e3 but for now just keep it on your radar there's a game finally that's like harvest moon but different because the problem with harvest moon me and i think i've said this earlier when we were talking about the last the new harvest moon coming out is uh like earlier in the different episode is that it's getting kind of stale like there's only so many times you can build a farm (laughs) and marry and have kids so it's nice that the creator is starting to realize that and is you know mixing it up at least a little now it's a shop but presumably there's a whole magic element that they haven't even revealed. So I'm I'm a little intrigued. I do like Harvest Moon. I really like Harvest Moon 64, and I really like Harvest Moon on Game Boy. So we'll see where this goes. Uh, one game that we had to wait a long time to see where it went, and now we're starting to get a feel for it. How's that for a weird transition? <laughs> is Ace Attorney 5. Finally, more news. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you're super... Even though part of it, I think we kind of already knew. But... We knew bits and pieces, but now we have the full story. So Not the full story, that's a bad word. Now we have... 
More information. The There's no still. story. We have more information. Oh, yeah, we still don't know what's Yeah, going on. so details are beginning to surface, basically, is the easiest way I put it. Uh, so what we know, and the biggest piece of news, is the addition of a new emotion reading system that will play out in courtroom battles. Which we knew about already, but... But now um, we know how it works. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to be uh, having this ability accessible to you through a new assistant named Kazuki Kakone, or Kakone, right? Yeah. And she has a heart scope, which is a special screen that pops up in front of her that lets her read the emotions of the person on the stand so how it works for the player is the screen will pop up and you'll see four emoticons in each corner happy sad angry and whatever the fourth one is and um as you yeah probably and as you like unwind their story and find contradictions and find things that don't match you'll see you'll be able to whittle down to the right emotion because what you see when the screen pops up is static you see the real story behind it like bits and pieces, but it's mostly just a stacky image with literally like a sound happening in the game. And as you whittle it down, percentages will be chunked, will be cut off. And once you hit zero percent, the stack goes away. You see the true story. So you're gonna be trying to figure out like where they're lying. You're gonna be doing things like figuring out where when they say something, but the emotion represented in one of those four corners doesn't match what they're saying. They're like, oh, it was horrible, but they're smiling. Yeah, you know that sort of thing. Well, and then you're going. It won't be smiling. But it might be. Um, well, it won't be smiling. Because there was an example where they showed um like there were. They were doing a cross-examination with the yeah. police officer. And then um, they were using the heart scope on him. And then when he was... Whenever he would use the word... Whenever he would say the word um, attorneys, his anger would rise. Even though he didn't really show he was angry. Right. So I was like, oh, he has something against attorneys. Right, so, so then, then you tap the angry like face and you bug yeah, him about um, yeah. yeah, I guess it's just like the new courtroom mechanic. Because like yeah. in the, an Apollo Justice, you had the... What did they even call it? You had a bracelet. But yeah. it wasn't the bracelet that was probably like... Basically, they had a really good poker face where they could detect, like, twitches on the person. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're sweating yeah, when each, they say this word or whatever. Each Ace Attorney, if I'm not mistaken, has had a different courtroom mechanic to, you know, keep things fresh, right? Yeah. Like, there's the, there's the lie detecting, basically, and now they're doing emotion reading. So. Yeah. Which, lie de- I don't know, it's like they all kind of went... They're becoming more and more, like, fictional world, not really used in a court. Because, yeah, I mean, because the, yeah. the first one they had in the first weekends, the, the Maragama, the, the lie detector one, that's pretty much, like, as best as you can get. Yeah. I mean, the one for Apollo Justice I really liked. I mean, it's kind of like L.A. Noir, but with sprites. Cause, right, I mean, right. And with the humor of Ace Attorney. Yeah, so you can't really get, I mean, because it's, each one is going to be a, a very specific emotion. Like, I mean, yeah. Or signal, like, them scratching their neck or whatever. But right. this one, it's like, I don't know, the last thing they could possibly think of. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing good, The whole thing sounds kind of odd, but I'm sure in practice it'll make perfect sense. But just describing it's kind of hard. It's like, well, you're reading their emotions, and you're finding contradictions, and then there's a percentage which goes down, and suddenly the static is clear, and you see a, pic- a picture. Cool, like, it's could, just like, it's really strange out loud. If you use them all at once, that'd be nice. The next one. Just because, like... <laughs> the next Ace Attorney will combine them all. We call it Ace Attorney All-Stars. Yeah, mark yeah. my words. <laughs> don't mark my words. That's totally wrong. Just no one mark my words. Oh. <laughs> just because the previous one, like, even the l- most recent one... Apologize that it's not yeah. a spin-off. Yeah, yeah. Like, even though, like, they had a new mechanic where you could see, like, oh, okay, their their nose is switching whenever they say this mm-hmm. word or whatever. Like, and they made it obvious, like, when you could use it and when you can't use it. Like, I'm like, sure this is going to be the same, so, too. It's so, not going to be in certain circumstances. Yeah, so even if it is, like, it was nice, like, even when, um, like, maybe, like, in one case, like, at the very yeah. end, they kept the option open the whole time. So you don't know if it's actually there or not for you to use, and you right. kind of have to check every single thing. Right. So hopefully they kind of make it harder. Yeah, because I was going to say, if they prompt, like, now you need to figure out the emotion, it's yeah, kind of yeah, just like you're like, playing you, a minute. Yeah, it's like, why even bother yeah. doing everything else? Mm-hmm. I mean, you still want to do everything to read the dialogue, but... Yeah. 
Yeah. That's not the only change, though, with, with, the, with Ace Attorney 5. They also, uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but they, I mean, it's pretty well known. Phoenix, know. yeah, that's true. <laughs> Phoenix Wright and Apollo Justice are both back. Uh, and on top of that, for the first time, the series will be in full 3D for all animations, for all cutscenes, for all courtroom, for all investigation. Everything's 3D, yeah. which is kind of falling in the footsteps of Phoenix Wright versus Ace Attorney, which was also all 3D and also on 3DS. But that 3D goes a little further than just the graphics. There's also the concept of 3D space now. So when you're doing the investigations, which are point-and-click adventures, it's not just what you're looking at, but the angle you're looking at. They gave the example of, like, you're looking at a table. You look at it from the top, and you look at it from the side. You don't see much, but when you look under it, you notice there's a bomb. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, already, that's already the example they gave. So, you know. I think maybe they'll do something like in Zombie U, where there's, like, some... There's a puzzle where you kind of have to stand in a very specific spot. Because mm-hmm. if you're just looking in the room, you'll see, like, random graffiti. Knickknacks and... No, oh, like, yeah. random graffiti on the oh, I was thinking Ace Attorney, sorry. But then yeah. if you, like, walk really far back and stand in a certain corner... And you make all the graffiti line up, you make the figure of a raven. Oh, I'm sure they'll do stuff like so. that. Well, the thing with Ace Attorney, though, is it's point and clicks. So yeah, so, they'll mean, have to say, like, do you want to step back? And then that'll be kind of like, yeah, well, well, obviously I mean, you need to. Yeah. If they tell you, hey, this one time, do you need to take two steps back? You don't usually have to, but we have a cool image if you do. Like, no, there, or there'll probably be something like, oh, you found this and this, and then just yeah, and then you have to figure out combination with this, like, wait, this one looks kind of funny. Yeah, and then he'll automatically step back. Yeah. yeah. But either way, Ace Turning 5, still no US release date, but starting to materialize in Japan at least. Yeah. And there's also no release date for Ace Turning versus Professor Layton. I don't know so how about the story, though. Like, all with every new thing they release, like. Well, they did confirm Apollo oh, yeah. Justice. They show him in bandages. I know that's it. Just brings up more questions because he, he was, was in a bomb, a bombing of the courtroom. Yeah, uh, or a car or something. A bombing. He looks. Yeah. He looks pissed. He off, looks like though. a mummy. <laughs> yeah, he looks pissed off. Mm-hmm. And his bandana is like. But yeah, all this info, just to be clear, came from a Japan. Came from Famitsu in Japan, the magazine, which is how we know like he was in a bombing and he mm-hmm. looks like this because Capcom hasn't released the whole. No, they did a... update their website, but it's still kind of. Now we have to find out if Trucy will be back as a character more than just like a picture in Phoenix's wallet or something only time will tell we'll see or Maya only time will tell (laughs) we just have to wait for Capcom hopefully at E3 we'll learn more but if not before then um that's really honestly that's it for retail 3DS news it's still on the retail front in terms of upcoming stuff we do like I did say Luigi's Mansion Pokemon are out Mystery Dungeon are out today so that's pretty big but uh, and Lego City Undercover the chase begins next month but eShop wise there's actually a fair amount of 3DS news worth mentioning so in the world of the 3DS eShop, we now know that uh, Flipnote Studio 3D is actually happening. Ooh. Nintendo confirmed it a long time ago in like a one-off like sentence, but now they've actually put out a special Nintendo Direct Mini dedicated to it, and they've talked about it pretty in-depth, and we have the first information finally. So it is a sequel to the 3DSi app. It is still uh, free, sort of. We'll get to that. But it's going to improve on the original app in a lot of different ways by basically one-upping all its features. So the most obvious is that it's going to be in 3D. It's right in the title. So um, with that, that means you're going to have three layers to draw on, and you can jump between the layers at any time. So you can, it'll actually look like it's you know going into the screen. Yeah. If you want to More so, just watch the trailer. Yeah, go the, on the uh, eShop. They have a really good... On the 3DS eShop, they have a really good trailer of a bunch of Nintendo animations. It, the 3D is more in-depth than out in your face. You can't really do in-your-face stuff because you're restricted to the three layers Nintendo gives you, but it can give some really good depth. I still think Swap Note. Yeah, it's Swap Note, but animated. So, and now, um, some ways, they're one, like I said, they're one-upping. So, instead of just having two colors like in the original, you can now have six colors. Uh, and instead of just uh, exporting as GIFs, you can now export... Or animated GIFs, you can now do AVI videos. Although, I don't know who uses an AVI video in this day and age. Like, animated GIFs seems like the obvious, or GIF, depending on your pronunciation, seems like the obvious way to go. Well, what if you have so. a beginning, middle, and end? You can still do that with a 
Oh, I guess for really long yeah, ones. You don't want to just loop a story yeah. over and over again. Yeah, but yeah, I guess. But yeah, so it supports static gifs, anime gifs, and AVIs. So that's a so that's nice, especially because um, it allows you to really put it anywhere on the internet, which is crucial because Nintendo is changing how you share things. So the online component previously in the original app, they had something called Flipno Hatena, which was powered by the Hatena Corp, which also does the Miiverse backend. And basically, it's a site you can access through the DSi app or through your browser, and you can view all the popular antennas. You had a profile with yours, or all the popular flip notes. You had a profile with yours. Everything was like right there, and it was all free. And this time around, Nintendo is for Flipnote 3D. They're kind of changing things. So Flipnote Studio 3D. Well, first, sorry, Flipnote Studios antenna service will shut down on May 31st in preparation for Flipnote Studio 3D. What Flipnote Studio 3D is going to do is ditch that nonsensical to us Hatena name which is really you know that's it's not like saying footnote YouTube which is what Hatena basically is uh, so for us they're gonna be, they're renaming it there's gonna be two options both under footnote gallery first is footnote gallery friends this is completely free you can anyone on your 3ds friends list you can share your picture your animations with you can comment on them you can like them you can download them to your system and mess with them and move and put them back up to say your friend can see your modifications all that completely free not free however is the new flipnote gallery world option and this is what flipnote hatena was where you share with the entire world now nintendo's gonna be charging a small what it calls a small monthly fee who knows how much that is <laughs> and uh i hope not and with that, you can share animations with everyone on Flipnote, regardless of if they're a friend on your system or not. And once again, you can, you know, comment and like and that sort of thing. And when you first get the app, when it launches, uh, you'll be able to access the World Gallery for 30 days for free. After that, you either have to pay or you can access it on specific predetermined freebie days. Or, if you already are paying and you have a really popular photo that's either gets a lot of positive comments or a lot of likes or whatever, Nintendo will waive your next month. Which is actually kind of cool, because they're rewarding good animators with free use of the service. I gotta abuse it. Yeah, you gotta abuse it hard. <laughs> but, um, so all that, all that's what's in store for Flipnote 3D. It's basically, Flipnote Studio 3D is basically the same thing, just beefed up and with some crazy new online components. And honestly, the fact that they're charging now kind of makes you feel like Flipnote Hatena might not have been as successful as Nintendo hoped, or it trailed off very quickly. Like, it probably had a huge burst when the DSi app first came out. DSI where it first came out, and then it probably tapered off really quick, because if Nintendo's having such a successful service, they should be able to make some sort of money off yeah, it. Yeah, but I mean, as cool as, like, it always seems like a cool idea, like, oh, cool, I'm gonna make an animation, but yeah. people, a lot of people don't realize that, like, it, it takes time. It, it takes a lot of time, and it could be, like, really boring for Which is why I think they're trying to... You're drawing the same thing over and over and over I remember again. I made a hot air balloon drawing on Flipnote Hatena. Or, sorry, in Flipnote... Flipnote studio and then upload it to Atena. Um there's just a balloon flying through the sky. It took forever and it's not even well animated. It's just like here's a balloon on the left, now it's in the middle, now it's on the right, now it's off screen. I wish I had a DSI to do it. I only got to make one on friends. I mean like a squirtle using like this draw and then hydro pump and then you just go off the screen. Yeah, no it is it is fun, even though I, and and they really streamline like the animation experience. Like I don't know anything about animation and I was able to make something kind of decent. But in terms of like the online component, I feel like there's probably a very small core group of users that continue to upload to Flipno Hotena. So Nintendo probably figures, well, we can't make money off them, but if they really want it, we, we'll set it up if they pay for the server. Mm. Like, we're losing money, but they could pay for the server. It's not like Miiverse where it's a marketing, there's a beneficial marketing side, and that's why it's all free. Like, it's a little different. So I'm guessing that's probably why they're charging now. But um, 
yeah. Either way, Footnote Studio 3D, with all its crazy online options, will be going live sometime this summer. The app will be free. If you have the DSiWare version, it is still you can still use it to your heart's content. You just can't post anything online after May 31st. So that's that. But another high-profile... Not to uh, force a switch on the topic. Oh, oh, that's good. Okay, <laughs> we're going to force a switch on the topic. Oh, high five. Yeah, you yeah. can hear that high five. That that's how solid yeah, it was. That wasn't yeah. just me like high five. No, that myself. wasn't. No, that was like two people's hands colliding in a high five with lasers shooting out of it. There were no lasers. Uh, another high profile eShop announcement, which we are switching gears with here, is Mighty Switch Force 2. Wait for it, is dominating this episode. They have, they're way forward. They're way forward. No, they have... Uh, wait, that doesn't even make sense. In the competition? They're way forward in the count of who has the most games talked about this episode. Sort of. Well, yeah. they only they only have two games. It's just they, their ex-employees have the other... Have well, I, mean, I mean, and they still have, like, Shantae... No, but I mean new games. Coming. I mean... No, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, I mean, yeah, they, they still don't know about that. That's still up and coming. Yeah, that is true. But what they have confirmed, like I said, is my Switch Force 2. They've been hinting at it for a few weeks now. I think we even mentioned uh, last episode when talking about the HD version of the original My Switch Force that they promised to on the oh, yeah, new, on That she's going to have a career change, but they yeah. haven't really said and that. now they have because we got the official announcement. And good old Paddy Wagon, or Patricia Wagon, the heroine of the game, is now not a fighter. And not the drug, the female <laughs> hero. That is <laughs> She's now a firefighter instead of a cop. So that means there's going to be new puzzles that utilize her water, hose, cannon thing such as like having water go up separate paths from you and whatnot and uh it's gonna be a lot of fire everything looks very red in the screenshots and um they're gonna be returning a lot of the old puzzle mechanics too uh so you're gonna be seeing those plane those 3d 2d plane switching blocks you're gonna be seeing the blocks that kind of work like donkey kong barrels oh. that like a lot of the stuff is coming back you're once again rescuing the hooligan sisters by finding them in each level, but this time they're reformed. So you're rescuing deal. them from fires. You're not capturing them. And you're also trying to find the lost... Uh, these are what they're called. Did, I guess if they skipped every single level, she figured, like, I'm just equipping a cop. Yeah. What well, did she... Yeah. And then she's like, oh, now I have to save you guys? Yeah, it's like, what? Patty Wagon's angry. But now... Uh, and she also has to save USBs. And I don't mean the flash drive. I mean what they call ugly secret babies. I swear, this episode, between Spin the Bottle and this and some of the other stuff we talked about, this is like the weirdest episode in a while. So yeah, if you've ever wanted to save ugly secret babies as a firefighter whose name is Paddy Wagon, this is really like the per- match me in heaven for you. Like, I don't think anything else like this will ever happen in your life, so take advantage of it. But no, seriously, we don't know a whole lot beyond that. Uh, wait for our process more before the summer re- release. Yes, this summer. It's coming pretty soon. But I mean... It's it's back to sprite work after the sideshow, after the HD sideshow that was the Wii U version. But I'm hoping this one eventually comes to the Wii U as well, because I like playing it on the Wii U. Yeah, they'll definitely do it on the 3DS. I mean, it looks great. The sprites look great, but I kind of yeah. got used to the hand-drawn Wii U HD oh. graphics. That's another way for a game that's hand-drawn, besides a boy and his blob. Uh, my Switch 4 is HD. I didn't even think of that. But yeah, so that's coming, like I said, this summer. Uh, but if you prefer... While we're on the topic of strange professions for platformers... Um, yeah, that's, that's an, I swear, so many things I would never normally say. If you prefer mining over firefighting, there's actually a game coming to 3DS eShop as well that might interest you, and that is, um, it's called SteamWorld Dig. It's a semi-sequel to a Steam tower defense game, yes, Steam, as in the platform, and it's called SteamWorld. It's a sequel to a semi, like I said, semi-sequel to a tower defense game called SteamWorld Tower Defense. Very creative. And, uh, the game is no longer a tower defense game, but is a platformer. 
2D side-scrolling. You play as a robot named Rusty, who's steam-powered, and is exploring old mines. Robot I, named Rusty. Robot, robot named Rusty, Rusty he's steam-powered. Nah. Of Big Iron Rusty. Oh, I thought you were going say he. Robot named Rusty. Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, so the game... Voiced by Bobby Hill. Really? Same yeah, guy? Pretty sure. Huh. Not Bobby. So the... Back to Rusty and his steam world. SteamWorld Dig. So the game, it's going to be a platformer, and they're promising... They made some interesting promises. They aren't revealing much about the game, but what they have said, the developers, is it's going to have high-res graphics with dynamic lighting and multi-layered backgrounds, and it's going to have hardcore platforming gameplay. That seems to be a running theme. Multi-layered backgrounds, hardcore platforming. Have you noticed that? This episode, we talked about like three different games that had that. Oh, wow. But um, they, they also went on record as saying, and I'm just going to read this directly, it's not a 3DF effect showcase nor a cheap port but an actual game okay guys <laughs> like i'm not trying to like bad them, but that's a really weird con there's a lot of solid games on the eShop. but hey if it means one more who cares if they're being a little sly about it one more game one more game so um it's hanging layers here it does look really pretty i was looking at some screenshots and it actually looks really nice it's set in the old west a steam powered steampunk so like old west, west? kind of and you're a robot named rusty yeah I just want to keep emphasizing, he's a steam-powered robot named Rusty. It's a pun. Steam leads to rust, because steam is water vapor. And he's made of metal. Hence, he is Rusty, and his name is Rusty. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you may have, I mean, I've kind of alluded, or or kind of straight up said this already, there's a lot of platformers on coming to the eShop lately, but, but they're not. It's the platform for platformers. It's the platform for platformers, but they're not the only genre on the platform the platform for platforms has other genres on the platform specifically first person shooters specifically uh renegade kids new game uh renegade kid you probably know them best know them as the developers of mutant muds and the upcoming mutant muds deluxe for wii u but they actually as you may recall got their start with horror shooter dimension and sci-fi shooter moon on the ds these were really graphically impressive kind of atmospheric tense first person shooters on the ds of all systems how was moon received Moon was pretty well received, as was Dimension. Dimension got a sequel, right? Honestly, Dimension one and two. I didn't get Moon. I remember wanting it. I was in the same boat. I have but no idea I why. Don't know. But here's your chance to redeem yourself because uh, Ranked Kid is going back to those first-person shooter roots with their next uh, game, which is which was revealed at Pang Arcade Expo or PAX this this weekend. And it's called Cult Country, and it's going to be all they're showing right now at the expo, or all they showed at the expo, is an atmosphere demo. Where you just get a feel for like the vibe of the game and kind of the mood, but no actual serious gameplay. But they did talk about it with Nintendo Force, the fan magazine that replaced Nintendo Power, and they revealed some new information about the game through there. So, uh, Cult Country is going to pretty much be like Dementium in terms of it's a horror first-person shooter. They're really focusing on balancing um, tension and action, and they're trying to find a better balance than they had in the Dementium games. So it's really like almost like a first-person Silent Hill, I'd imagine, where it's like you're doing combat and you're just wandering the foggy streets or whatever. Um, it's going to be unlike the other games they've released. This is going to be episodic. Each episode is going to be about four hours, and they're hoping to have episode one. So of, it's like story-driven? It's story-driven, and each one's going to be a four-hour chunk. If you think about it, some eShop games in their entirety are four hours. So what it seems like they're really doing is taking a retail game and chopping it up into four-hour segments and selling each four-hour segment for cheap. But it's gonna, they're gonna be four hours each, like I said. Uh, First, games for lower prices release more frequently. <laughs> Intriguing. 
what Valve promised with the Half-Life games. Yeah, well, it looks like they're it looks like Renegade Kids trying that prom is actually going to deliver on Valve promise <laughs> with uh, Cult Country. So yeah, the first one's supposed to be out this year. The others will follow suit, and they're hoping that in addition to better balancing the tension action, that they can really leverage the 3DS's enhanced graphic ability graphical abilities to have uh, more detailed and rich environments than what we saw in Dimension and Moon, which while they did look really good for DS, they were very flat textures and very, you know, it's very it's almost like Doom, old school Doom, like on the PC. But this one, you can probably see in the few screenshots they released, everything's like, all the objects are rounded, they're not just flat textures, so, it, you know, it's a step in the right direction. Um, in terms of control, since that obviously matters for a first-person shooter, it will have the same stylus-based uh, aiming as the past shooters on DS, so that means you're moving with the D-pad, you're aiming with the stylus, or presumably there's a lefty mode where you do the opposite. But, if you really insist on dual stick controls, CirclePad Pro will be supported, so you can have both sticks. And lastly, and this is honestly perhaps the most important part, Renegade Kids using this as a test. Because the game's so complex. Man, yeah, no, but this one makes sense. So Renegade Kids saw great success with Mutant Muds. I mean, they ported it to... We, they bring it to Wii U, they ported it to iPhone. Like it's a, It was a good game. And they were able to self-publish it because it was relatively cheap to make a 16-bit platformer. This, however, is a full 3D game. It's going to be up to stock. It's got a lot of, of money being poured into it to build the 3D engine and whatnot. And what Renegade Kid wants to do is see if they can still self-publish and be successful with deeper, atmospheric, ambitious titles on the eShop, opposed to just, like, quick little platformers or whatnot, which kind of addresses the fact that we just talked about, like, ten different platformers. Like, literally, all we've talked about today feels like our platformers. So they're trying to see if it's doable to not make a platformer and really pump effort into it and have it be just as successful. So if it sells well... They plan to do it more, and presumably other developers will see that success and also make games of that caliber. If it doesn't sell well, Reggae Kid basically said, this, that's it. As they put it, the results of this game will help guide our future development efforts. So, if it doesn't sell well, we're going to see more Mutant Muds and less ambitious stuff. Nothing wrong with that per se, but variety is always nice, right? Yes, and, these guys, and these guys, what's the expression? Cut their teeth on first-person shooters. Like, that's what they started with, so it makes sense to go back to that. So, we'll see. I mean, I'm curious about it for no other reason than uh, Dimension and Moon were so well-received. And I missed out on Moon, as you did. Yeah, I feel like I'm more into... I don't know, I, I guess this generation, like, past, yeah, 3DS, Wii U, whatever, I've been more inclined to try a bunch of new and random games that I normally wouldn't try. Yeah, it's, it's just so easy because you can download them. Yeah. Which is another perk of having all these great indie devs on the system. Which, if you didn't know, this is kind of the thread I'm running through all this episode is mm-hmm. indie devs. Uh... Going away from indies for a few minutes, though. <laughs> We're talking about indie, though. Going away from the indies, though. Uh, in Japan, as you may recall, Sega 3D-ified, I guess would be the term, and took Space Harrier into the third dimension of Space Harrier 3D, which is basically their own take on 3D classics that Nintendo does, except it's their games. Well, that went pretty well, and now they're doing a second one of Super Hang-On, the very awesome, very fun motorcycle racing game. So Mo- Super Hang-On 3D actually comes out this coming week in Japan. And there's two more games scheduled to be part of Sega's 3D collection coming to the 3DS eShop in Japan in the coming weeks. Or months. Months, I mean. And I guess the only reason I bring this up is, Sega, what are you doing? Why are they not in America yet? The games sold well in America when they were released way back when. They are classics of the 90s. They are now in 3D. Why would you not bring them here? The eShop is a very successful platform. I mean, look at all the indie devs jumping on. Bring your games here. That's all. I just wanted to rant. And Super Hang On so cool. Such a fun game. Can't believe they went right here. I feel like I missed out. It's fun. 
You, you did. You did. Just Space Terror is good too. Just for the title, I picture that you're some guy hanging on a cliff. Hanging on a motorcycle. For dear life, because you're going so fast. Oh, I think Yeah, that blast processing makes you go fast. Uh, that's mm-hmm. why Sonic's so fast. I'm going to stop. And one last tidbit. This has nothing to do with the eShop. It actually is going back to retail for a minute, but it's worth mentioning. Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D has a release date of May 24th. That's much sooner than I expected. And Nintendo announced it in quite possibly the oddest way I've ever seen them announce something. They put out a photo of a gorilla playing a flame red 3DS. And under the photo was a caption saying, Donkey Kong Country Returns comes out on May 24th. That was it. No press release, no list of new features, no anything except a date. And they released the box art, which is literally the Donkey Kong Returns box art, with a little 3D written in a circle slapped on top of the logo. It looks really cheap. So all that is making me think, don't hold your breath. Better than the leaf and new leaf? Worse than the leaf and new leaf. Ouch. It's possible. I think we have to look at the new leaf leaf again. No, no, it's 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 like that 3D word art of the Animal Crossing new leaf logo. Whoops. But it just says 3D in a big red circle. <laughs> it's really bad. Anyway, point being, uh, the reason I even mentioned that they did the weird press release is I have a feeling that this game has no extra features, no street pass, no nothing. It has a straight, quick, and dirty port. Or else you would think they would hype them up. You would think when they announced the release, they go, by the way, you can street pass. By the way, there's new challenges. By the way, there's whatever. But nope. They just gave us a photo of a monkey. And even better, they put the monkey photo on Twitter and captioned it with, Donkey Kong Country Returns on May 24th? That's bananas. <laughs> Which made me think that we started writing their press material, because that's our type of pun. They can't steal our material. <laughs> that's what we would say. Oh. I mean, now we can't call that episode banana We were never going to, but we, we can't. Well, I guess they're not monkeying uh, around anymore. No, I guess not. And with absolutely no transition here, let's switch gears from uh, eShop games and retail games to sales of already existing games, or upcoming games to sales of already existing games. So as you guys know, uh, every time that the NPD group puts out new sales numbers for the United States video game industry, I give you a nice summary and explain what you know what's going on, software, hardware, what Nintendo can do better, what's, how the Wii U's faring, all that. So once again... It's time for Jason's Sales Corner. Woo. I got one woo. That, that's the improvement over silence. So uh, this Jason's Sales Corner is all about February, which is the month that the MPD just released numbers for. Overall, the month is down, which is a continuing trend in the industry. Uh, game sales dropped 25% compared to February of 2012. And if you look strictly at new releases in February, like games that launched in February 2013 and games that launched in February 2012... Those sales of those new games were down 30% compared to last year. So that's, you know, that just shows that there's a continuing decline in the industry. It has been for months, months now, like at least half a year. So um, there were no Nintendo exclusive titles that made the top 10 list of software. Uh, The best seller of the month was Dead Space 3, which is EA survival horror shooter for everything but Nintendo platforms. And uh, the only games that appear on Nintendo consoles that were on the top 10 list are Call of Duty Black Ops 2 at number 2, NBA 2K13 at number 4, Just Dance 4 at number 7. It's definitely because of the Wii U sales. Well, sort of. And Madden yeah. NFL 13 at 10, in 10th place. So there's no indication of how Wii U versions or 3DS versions perform, but I can say for in the case of Just Dance, it's on par with the sales of the PS3 version. The Wii U version is on par with the PS3 sales. No. Nintendo used to have 70... With Just Dance 3, Nintendo had 78%. Of the Just Dance market. With Just Dance 4, it went down only to 76. And some of the slack from the Wii version was picked up by the Wii U version, which is, like I said, on par with PS3. 
Xbox sells better. Wii sells best. But Wii U isn't completely struggling. So it did contribute a little to those sales, but not much. Uh, but if you look specifically at Nintendo's own numbers for their own games, it's kind of a mixed bag. So on the one hand, you have Fire Emblem Awakening, which is doing quite well for itself. Uh, the shortage was not artificial, it seems. The game managed to move 180,000 copies in February, which is especially impressive when you consider that uh, the, its DS predecessor, Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon, it sold 250,000 copies, period, like since it was released to now, life to date, total. Wow. So already the uh, 3DS Awakening has sold 70% in a month of what uh, Shadow Dragon sold in its life. So that's pretty good. The buzz definitely helped those sales. And uh, 117,000 of those uh, Awakening sales were physical copies at retail, and 63,000 units were digital. So basically for every two physical, one digital was sold, which is a pretty high number where you consider Nintendo didn't used to do anything super digital until a few years yeah, ago. That's, that's not bad that's at all. Ton. Yeah, it's not bad at all. And it also makes you wonder how many of those 63,000 people who downloaded digital couldn't find a retail copy and caved. Like, if it was retail, would it... If they didn't have a shortage, if there was bountiful supplies, would the number... Would the total 180,000 copies, retail and digital, be higher? Or would some of those digital numbers just shift to retail and it would stay about the same? Like, did they tap out the potential, no, or is it going to keep going? I, I would say at least 30, 40% caved. Yeah, Because almost, like, I don't know, sometimes I just have to read comments, comments and reviews and whatnot, and... Almost, like, every other comment was like, like, oh, I can't wait, I can't wait, I'm going to go buy it, yeah. blah, blah, Yeah, some people must Gotta have it midnight. But, I mean, there's no doubt, it, it has a really strong buzz, it already is 70% of the Shadow Dragon, so there's no doubt it's going to pass that sales total of its predecessor pretty quickly, but the question is how fast will it taper off after that? Man, uh, I still can't find it. Yeah, it's still a shortage. Well, I, I did find one, but I have to give that one as a, as a birthday present, so... You almost said Christmas. Christmas, Christmas in March. Christmas, yeah. Birthday present, so... It's like not having it. You know what game you can find, though? What can I find? Brain Age Concentration Training. Oh. <laughs> I'll put it this way. Nintendo didn't release any other software numbers for any other games. And you would think, Brain Age Concentration Training, they release a number. The first two are hugely successful. The lack of a number makes me think this one, not so much. They had an ad with Kate Hudson in it, you know, doing the old tired... Uh, tried and true I'm gonna I'm playing 3DS I'm a celebrity you should buy this game because I like this game not sure if it worked as well so Nintendo would normally boast about Brain Age sales but they didn't and I'm guessing that's because it's not selling so hot so there's just that to put out there and also I guess the Brain Age game is not aging well well done oh wow Hmm, that, that, that's the best one of the episode. Anyway, um, equally mysterious to those brain age numbers are Nintendo's own hardware numbers. So the company did, I have to give them credit, they did really excellent PR spin. They announced that in February, the Nintendo ecosystem sold 455,000 units. And that the 3DS passed 8 million units total in the US since it launched, which is pretty good. Now, the Nintendo ecosystem is nice code for some systems are doing well and some are doing really, really bad. So we're just going to lump them all into one number and make it look like we're doing super across the board. Like, you don't... If the Wii U was selling super well, they go, the Wii U sold X amount, and the 3DS just passed 8 million with Y amount. But instead, they're going, well, when you combine all four of our systems we sell into one number, it's at about half a million, so go us. Like, it's definitely expertly done spinning on their part. And I could see why they spun it. Because if you look at uh, Wii U sales numbers that have since been released through other channels besides Nintendo themselves, they're not so good. Um, 
Yeah, in February, the Wii U managed to move 66,000 units. 70% of those were deluxe sets. That's how many people downloaded Fire Emblem. Pretty much. About. Yeah, actually, I didn't know, so it is. But yeah, 70% of those Wii U's were deluxe sets, so the basic still isn't selling, which is something we've known for a while. Um, but what, and what's interesting is when you compare it to its HD counterparts. So the Xbox 360 this February moved 302,000 units. Yikes. PS3, 263,000 units. And just as a refresher, the Wii U, 66,000 units. So the upside is on a week-by-week basis, it actually sold 45% more units than it did in January. So it's going up. But when your numbers are so low in January, 45% doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot. Like, yeah, it's 45% higher, but 2 is double 1. Like, it's still, you know what I mean? Like, it's still low. And to give you an idea of how low, uh, here's some quick numbers of how each recent system did in its first February. So remember, the Wii U sits at 66,000 for Feb- for its first February. The Wii moved 335,000 in its first February. Xbox 360, 160,000 in its first February. Original Xbox, 139,000. Oh. PS3, at the $600 way too high to ever buy price point, managed to move Ha! Huh. The number disappeared. That's weird. I had a number. But even that, that managed to move over 100,000. And I don't have the specific number. I apologize. And the GameCube, the poor GameCube, which most people consider Nintendo's weakest... Wow, where'd that number go? Which most people consider <laughs> Nintendo's weakest... Um, their weakest console offering. That moved 78,000 units in its first February. So yes... The GameCube is now outselling the Wii U if you look at the same time frame of their lives. I couldn't even say that last time. In the sales corner, in the Jason sales corner I did in uh, episode 37 where we talked about January numbers, I pointed out that luckily the Wii U wasn't as bad as the GameCube. It is now worse than the GameCube. Oh, so mm. things are On not looking up. Oh. Things are looking up. Yeah, well, the, there is a silver line. Oh, Rayman could have helped. It could have helped if Ubisoft didn't pull the rug out from under it. That really would it would have. It could, you sound like you're about to cry. It's like, that could have helped so much. But no, and not only that, it's not, this isn't a U.S. problem, by the way. This In the U.K., there's a situation where the ex- retailers are upset with the price and are actually experimenting with price drops to the Wii U's basic set. And nothing has happened. How it works in the U.K. is there's no set MSRP. Nintendo was involved in a possible price gouging thing. So the law, uh, the settlement was that retailers named their price. That's why if you look at European commercials for Nintendo, it's like it never says it never says manufacturer suggested retail price. So I said like uh, goes for around two hundred pounds. It goes for around two hundred euros because it's up to retailers. So they took a chance, or they used that opportunity to mess with the price and see what happens. So they dropped the Wii U basic set by fifty pounds in the UK, and nothing happened. Sales didn't pick up at all. Granted, as we just discussed, the basic set doesn't sell much. It only was 30% of February U.S. sales. But still, you would think $50 less, someone, somewhere, would go, oh, I should buy that. No, nothing. Nada. They said there was no effect. So, when you're a console whose software, the Wii U software, is it only represents 1.4% of all video game software sold in the U.K. at the moment, and you drop it $50, and that 1.4% does not move, that's kind of a problem, because that's a very low number. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. a little disheartening. So it's getting to the point where um, retailers are actually thinking of shrinking s- shelf space 
for the Wii U in the UK. And mm. Nintendo is actually meeting with retailers to try and boost confidence and tell them, look, guys, we're going to build the Wii U momentum. Here's what we have planned this year. Here's some games we're going to like release. It'll be good. It'll be good. We promise. And basically, the retailers are saying, as one retailer put to uh, MCV, the ones who issued this report, their European game site, uh, they've got to do something. Otherwise, it is the GameCube all over again. And the GameCube was fine. It had great games. But in America, and especially in Europe, it did not sell well. And it, if Nintendo didn't have the Wii success to ride off of right now, they'd be done. Like, the GameCube would... If the Wii failed, like, the, if, if the Wii sold what the GameCube sold, we would Nintendo would be in a very, very, very different situation right now. So it's definitely kind of not scary time, but it, it, the Wii U is not doing so That's well. nothing to boast about. No, it's not. There is, however, silver lining. There's always silver lining. And one of, well, there's two silver linings. One's what you were saying, all the games. There are going to be games that are going to be system stars. They have Mario Kart, Mario, Wind Waker, hopefully stuff like Pikmin 3, Game & Mario, Wii Fit U, all that will hopefully sell systems. Oh, but probably not in the same way that Mario, Mario Kart, Zelda do. But in addition, and the Yoshi game. In addition to that, uh, it seems like Nintendo probably knows that this is how it's supposed, that, like, this is how it's going and they've expected it. If you recall, we talked about when they released their last financial reports that they dropped the overall sales forecast of the Wii U from 5.5 million worldwide to 4 million worldwide. A 1.5 million drop is nothing to scoff at. That's pretty big. But the fact is, they dropped it that much for a reason. They probably anticipated that the game drought would lower sales this much, and they're probably working off that assumption with that 4 million. So there's actually one analyst over at uh, Macquarie Capital. There's a bunch of different companies that have analysts that you know give their take on various... Like Michael Pachter of Wedbush Morgan. They give takes on their takes on video game industry stuff to you know better inform their clients of what to invest in. And this guy, not only said that Wii U sales are actually, quote, good, but even thinks that with these current sales, Nintendo will definitely reach that forecasted goal of $4 million. Hmm. So the silver lining is, if Nintendo knows they're in a trouble spot, they prepared appropriately by lowering expectations, and they're clearly going to address it forward with the station and the games that they promised in the latest Nintendo, you know, that Wii U blowout Nintendo Direct and whatnot, they could probably, maybe, hopefully, <laughs> still turn this around. I mean, they did it with the 3DS. So, if they could do it there, they could probably do it here. That's the silver lining, is there's still hope, because Nintendo clearly knows what's going on. They're not being oblivious to this. They're not doing the ignorance is bliss move. They're accepting that there's trouble, and they're, you know, reacting appropriately. So, so hopefully so they continue not worried, to... Nintendo. This is calculating Nintendo. No, they're worried. But I think they're calculated worried. Like, it's not... It's 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 the part where it's like, pan, what's the expression well, I use? Pan, Nintendo's best Nintendo? Like, yeah. they're getting there. If they're not there already, like they're releasing a ton of games this year, probably because of that. But it's not in a situation where they're going, we lower our expectations and it's still below expectations. Like they lower their expectations to about what it's doing now. So they know what's going on. They're not, I guess what I'm saying is they're panicked, but they're not like oblivious. Yeah. They know what's going on and it seems like they're addressing it. So only time will tell. Hopefully, March's numbers will be better. I mean, we have Lego City uh, Undercover, we have the Crude's Prehistoric Party, which I'm sure everyone bought for their Wii U. Based on the upcoming hit movie by Universal that looks eh. That was DreamWorks. DreamWorks. Universal. Yeah. Universal, I think, is distributing. DreamWorks is making. Maybe it's not um Paramount? Maybe it's yeah. Paramount. Paramount. All right. Paramount From DreamWorks. Works. Everyone's getting the Crudes. Yeah, Universal but... would be doing... Actually, no, 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 no they'd be no, doing... No, I'm thinking could... Sony because of Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. I don't know. Yeah. CG movie. But either way... um. Between Lego City, Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate, which has a pretty big marketing push from Capcom, Need for Speed Most Wanted U, the Wii, Wii U's finally picking up momentum right now, and hopefully that'll continue. 
in the coming months and solve Nintendo's sales problem, or at least help it a little. And with that transition, here we go. We, lately, have been playing two of those new games. Most Wanted Ultimate... Mo, most Wanted... Wow. I mean, you <laughs> Monster Hunter Ultimate... Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate and Need for Speed Most Wanted U. Not Monster Hunter Try. I wonder why no, you to Try the 3. Because Try was stupid. I'm sorry. Don't call your game Try if you have a giant 3 on it. Just call it 3. Monster it's 3. Monster Hunter Try It Out. Try It Out, yeah. But um, And also we've been dabbling in the recent virtual console release of Punch-Out on the Wii U. So those three games are what we're going to talk about since that's what we've been playing. That wraps up news. We're jumping into what we're playing. First up, Jose, you, sir, have been playing Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate. Am I correct? Yeah. I'm also happy to say that while it's not Monster Hunter Ultimate, today I finally finished all the brain training. It takes 40 days to get the full brain age Hear that? The game? Brain training, concent- brain age, concentration training, 40 days from start to finish. Take so go buy it and boost those sales that Nintendo desperately yeah, needs. Not that I'm a show for them. I'm just saying. You could. Yeah. It is actually fun. I started doing it uh, like a week or two ago. Yeah, I'm enjoying I mean, it. You, you do get like a little idea that you're running out, that they're running out of content. Well, I mean, it's like, first he gives you like lectures every day and then after a while he just kind of stops. Yeah, because they ran out of stuff. And then he just gives you tips and then I just go, let's train your brain and now I get nothing. Get <laughs> now brain. it's just like, welcome, play. Just play, <laughs> play me, play me please. Yeah. But enough brain age, Monster Hunter 3 is quite possibly the most high, one of the most high profile Wii U releases, not like there's yeah. many to choose from, of the month. So, so if the demo didn't quite satisfy you, I'm pretty... It satisfied me. I knew I was out. So this is all no, yeah, I'm, I'm It's not my that, cup of tea. But it's definitely... It's worth giving a shot if you've never... If you're curious about the genre and you've never really dove into it. Like, I get, tried to, I gave it a chance with the weird but, one. But and the yeah. genre would be like hack and slash adventure, I guess. Online kind of like, questing. Multiplayer questing. I don't know what the genre would be. I don't even know what to call it. Like, it's more of an RPG... Multiplayer. It's like a... It's like a... MO <laughs> RPG. It's, it's not like, massively yeah. multiplayer online. It's just multiplayer online. But that's not... Yeah. It's an adventure yeah, game. Yeah, go ahead. You can... an adventure game. Sure. Because I, I tried giving chance on the Wii, but timing didn't really let me play it. So... But this game... It's kind of overwhelming in features when you first play. You have so many... There's so many things, like... So many menus to go through. So many... I don't know. Like, you have some... Even though you can only use your buttons, like... um your buttons. <laughs> your buttons. Even though you only have so many options at the beginning, you can only like roll and jump. I mean, you can't even jump. You can only roll and that's pretty much it in the beginning. Right. Just roll and run. Right. But then later, like they tell you, like, okay, you have to go find. You get like a bunch of little tutorials that help you pretty much learn how to play the game very slowly. But I feel that slow pace really helps because I thought it was. I I guess my first mistake was trying to learn the game by myself. It's almost like trying to jump into computer software without. Right. Really knowing what you're doing, like I, I think that's where the demo went wrong, at least for me. Yeah, and that, it just throws you in. You have all these weapons at your disposal, and you're like, "What is happening?" Because like the first thing you try to do is think, like, "Okay, how do I attack?" And then once right. you learn how to attack, you kind of figure, like, "Okay, I guess that's all I really need to do." So then all you do is just mash the attack button, right. and that's actually kind of how the game doesn't really want you to play it, which kind of gets you through the whole. It wants you to be strategic and not button mash. Like, yeah, that makes sense because then the game will get old Cause, very cause, fast. Because like the first part of the game, you're not even really fighting monsters; you're just like doing little errands. Like you're going, mm-hmm. you're you're, you're, you're going to go mining. You're going to go mm-hmm. hunting a specific kind of animal. Doesn't really attack you. You just kill it. So it, it eases you in pretty well. Yeah, and it doesn't just throw you in the midst of a battle. So it, yeah, it teaches you like how to manage your resources, how to like avoid like these kind of situations, like where you have right. to like keep an eye on your stamina, and then you have to keep an eye on your source. You have to keep right like shaving it. I mean shaving, it, um, sharpening it, and. I don't know, it gets really, like, the, um, the level of depth just gets really, really deep, really fast. And mm-hmm. 
the way ECG win is really, I don't know, I think it's really well paced in that sense. Like, it doesn't just throw it all at you at once. Right. It does, Which is crucial for a game. Like it, it's just kind of this whole, whole like, Professor Oak kind of thing where, and I mean, that like, you know how in Pokemon where you ride your bike indoors and then Professor Oak, I don't know where it tells you, like, like hey, this is not the place to ride your bike. Right, right. Like, it kind of, like, this, the, the chief of the village where you're from talks to you wherever you're from, even though... He tells you he's in the village. He talks to you as if you're there. He's there. He's Obi Wan Kenobi. He's like it's a, just his little spirit. Like instead there. of it just being a speech bubble, like you get like some personality out of it. Like oh, don't forget you could do this back in my day. Right. Um, right. That was hundreds and so it's, it's not just like here's a tutorial. It like makes it so you're like actually interacting with characters. Yeah. And, and in case that wasn't like clear enough, you get like a little text. Then you get a text box saying like, okay, this is exactly what we just said, right. <laughs> except with if the without the cutesy dialogue. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. It's a to do this. B to do that. Blah, blah, blah. Right. So there's a lot of depth in this game. Like I can't even say that enough. But this is something. <laughs> I mean, just trying to learn one weapon, and then you can still upgrade that one weapon so many different ways. And then you still have other weapons that you have to experiment with, and right. different kinds of armor, and then right. food to different things. It's like it's so kind of overwhelming. But it uh, it helps that it has a really fun multiplayer too. Like the multiplayer, I so far I've gone on two random quests with random people. Mm-hmm. I haven't actually gone with friends yet, mm-hmm. but. It's it's surprisingly easy to find a group. You just go to like from the from the main hub of the game, which is like your little standard village. You go to a boat and you talk to this cat. And you um, talk to a cat. Yeah, cats the are. The cat is the ship captain. Cats are like so the. So it's Captain Cat. Cats are like the normal NPCs in this game. When he blows the boat horn, does it go meow? Like a, no, like a meow. No. No. I didn't. No. no I didn't. Am I am I getting too into the cat thing? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> What's funny though is that the cat, monsters. The, the cat calls himself like, like, oh, my name's Neko, and that means tiger. And then on the side, like, Neko is the Japanese word for cat, but mm-hmm. on the side it says like, ne- it says Neko, and then the person says like, it, it means cat, not tiger. <laughs> so it's like, like that's no kind of yeah. But anyway, like, you just like you take the boat and you go to some island, which is basically the multiplayer island, and from there right. you're kind of bombarded with menus. But if you've played any kind of PC multiplayer game, it's nothing you really haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Basically, you have like. The same, I, the boat takes it to an island that's the multiplayer island, and that island is split into. There's like a bajillion different menus that take you to that same island, except mm-hmm. each one is a lobby, because there's four different people in each island, and it makes sense that they do that because if it was an MMO kind of thing where it's just one giant world where everyone's running around, you're not going to really find many monsters to kill because they're all going to be and killed. And people could steal your kill. Exactly. They could run in and so, get the last strike. So the fact that they group it like this makes perfect sense. Since like you have to have all these specific little lobbies, so you right. could. And even within those lobbies, there's like even smaller groups just so you could maybe meet up with specific people or maybe like, okay, maybe someone just wants to harvest stuff. They don't want to go hunting. So you're that not, makes sense. So you're not yeah. badgering them to like, okay, when are we going to go? When are yeah, no, that, that makes sense. So it's, but it is, it's just very organized. It's very organized. <laughs> and, um. Oh, what? You know, one thing that isn't organized though, and I can't believe Capcom screwed this up. Oh, I mean, I kind of can. The late release of the... Yeah, so one of the key features of Monster Hunter, correct me if I'm wrong, one of the biggest features of Ultimate is it's cross-compatible with 3DS and Wii U. Buy both versions of the game, transfer your save file back and forth. The Wii, So you can play on the go, on the bus, or you can play at home on your couch. The Wii U version has the save transfer built in. But because Ultimate first came out on the 3DS in Japan, it needs a separate eShop game, or eShop app, that lets you do the transfer. Capcom was supposed to release it alongside the games on Tuesday, right? Yeah. But then they, del- they were delayed until this past Friday. So literally, one of the defining features of the game just didn't <laughs> exist for four days, for three days, four days, which just strikes me as so bizarre. Like I know you know stuff happens, and Capcom fixed it rather quickly, so props to them. But just like that's a weird feature to not have out on time. 
Yeah. Like, especially because it worked in Japan already, and it was out in Europe. Like, the I mean, the app was out in Europe. The game wasn't out till Friday in Europe. Like, the app was out before the game. But it's just like, why did that take so long? I don't know. It's just, it's just I saw the articles about it. I just thought that was really weird that one of your, like, bullet points on the back of your box doesn't work. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, you are saying. Besides that, though. Well, I mean, other than <laughs> that, I mean, the only other thing I could have really mentioned was, um, well, two things. The visuals and the use of the gamepad, not counting, like, Right, off TV play because that's gonna come. That's coming in April yeah. in a firmware update. But um, the the gamepad like it has like your map like you could literally remove everything the HUD on the TV and have it all on the gamepad, and you could reorganize the icons on the gamepad however mm-hmm. you want. But the way you do that is kind of confusing, and I haven't really figured it out yet because <laughs> I haven't really encountered the part of the game where it explain where it explains it to me. And, and I, check the manual. And I tried doing it on my own. Well, it's because it, I didn't really want to. know. I didn't know. I didn't. <laughs> it wasn't. I wanted the game to teach me. I didn't want to learn on my own. The default, the way it was by default was fine enough for me to do it. Right, I mean, right. I never played one before, so it's not like I have like, okay, I want to have this accessible here. Oh, no, it makes sense. There, so. It's just funny. But, well, that's, I mean, so that could be confusing, but I'm sure someone could figure it out and it just won't be that big of a deal. But I guess the graphics, I mean, it yeah. is on the Wii U and it is on an HD console, so you expect it to look HD. Yeah, and it does. I mean, everything's crisp smooth everything moves it, it, it moves nicely and when you're looking at the grand vistas of the monster hunter island let's call it monster hunter island it looks Isle de monster it looks really nice and the monsters themselves animate the animations in that game in general are really well done yeah that's what i like the, the gestures like they they um you have like a bunch of gestures that you could do like for online or offline whatever you could mm-hmm. point you could bow or whatever mm-hmm. and they could simply just have the guy point but they make they, they make it that they make the guy do it so over the top and hilarious that you kind of just want to see him like over and over again. They're just right. They're all just well. Like, it seems like that the game has that sense of humor. Yeah, the game itself, like you when you're cooking meat, it has like this hilarious song that's playing. It, it's it has a I don't know. It's interesting. It's like offbeat and serious. So, but the animals, like I mean, the monsters, like they definitely steal the show. I mean, it's called Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. But now they animate like they're. They're so believable that you would believe, like, okay, if they were real, that's exactly how they would move. And right, that's something I noticed in the demo, especially when you start hurting them and you start limping. Yeah, they're no limping health, in very yeah, there's, realistic there's no ways. Bar, so, like, you, you determine, like, how close you are to killing them by, like, Whoops. how they're walking. Like, do they have a limp? They're running away more. Maybe they're panting. Yeah. Like, like little things like that that kind of make it feel like, okay, like, all right. Makes it feel more like a real little, world, yeah. Yeah, and the satisfaction you get from taking one down. Yeah. I mean, like, before I even played the one player, I, the first thing I did was play online. And that I thought, seems like a mistake before you even know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, it's like when I when, it's like when I played the demo. I'm like, what is happening? And I just didn't I just like kind of wanted to just jump in. I wanted to fight something big, and right. I did, and we beat it, and it was awesome. Yeah, I imagine yeah. multiplayer Monster Hunter yeah, every, and, is I mean, a lot more efficient and fun than whacking at the same monster for 20 minutes as one person. Yeah, because I mean, they take forever to kill, but with they four do. people, like, <laughs> like I don't know, it felt like I mean, even though I wasn't didn't really know much of what I was doing, I mean, except from just like make sure I attack the monster. Yeah, the pe- the people I was paired up with like seemed to be pretty coordinated, even if they probably didn't know each other. Right, like there was some person like casting stuff to, like to power up the team and defending them. There was someone else that was like kind of luring the monster a certain way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was really fun and different. Never had an experience quite like that. Probably its uniqueness is probably why it's so huge in Japan. Yeah. It was something they didn't really have before. Oh, um, and I guess back backpedaling a little I did sure. the other part of the graphics that I forgot to mention that even though it animates and looks smooth and everything yeah. the textures still look like they're kind of Wii the water in the demo looks super I said this last episode the water in the demo looks super bad yeah like, if, like it's just like a blue block like after until you're under it that's okay yeah I know like under it looks fine but like on top of it but I mean 
not just that, but like when you after the whole intro cutscene, nice like CG cutscene plays out. Yep. And you go to the village, like everything all of a sudden is like, whoa! Like look at these people and like, <laughs> look at these people. It's like, oh, yeah, kind of off-putting a little bit, a little bit, just yeah. a little. But you get over it and you forget it just because, like overall, like as a whole, the game looks nice, and the gameplay kind of makes you forget about yeah, it. Yeah, it's really about hunting monsters, not about the pretty vistas. Yeah, I mean, it, everything looks it, it looks good enough for it to do its job. So it's right. It, it's just um when you're comparing it to like other games on the Wii U right now, like the game that Jason's played, like. Wow, like, Need for Speed. Yeah, the, which I'll get to momentarily. The difference is pretty glaring when you compare it. Both. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But on its own, it's fine. It does the job. I would get this version over the 3DS version if you had to get one, just because it's bigger screens. To and I would with. recommend it if you're looking for like a long game that's gonna last a really long time. And if you're type of person get... that enjoys that sort of deep, customizable RPG experience, I'd imagine. Yeah, because like, like someone that likes streamlined games like me probably won't. Based on my experience with demo, I'm guessing because yeah, it, it, be it can be kind of cumbersome and yeah, it, overcomplicated yeah. for many. Like and, you get, and, and you get downloadable um, like missions like through yeah DLC. they're doing free DLC yeah so that's cool I don't know, like I looked through a lot of it like sometimes they give you free weapons that you can just mm-hmm. download and there's like that's... one right now that's like you have to hunt a boar of some sort and then in April you're gonna fight like three of the giant bosses in one map so that's huh. kind of cool yeah and from my understanding they're gonna keep the DLC going for free for quite a few months mm-hmm. so yeah you'll plenty to do so the hunt is on yeah I just said that okay. okay. Yeah, that's a good sign-off, I guess. Uh, okay, so anything else you want to say about Monster Hunter? And then... Oh! There big, is something else. Big thing. Good thing I asked. kind of bothered me. It's like I knew, except I, I actually didn't. I have the perfect <laughs> picture set up for Meavers. I don't know if anyone noticed, but on day two, I put like... Um, you drew something. Yeah, like the first day, I fought that weird monster. The second day, I spent a lot of time just killing cats. Yeah. Um... You monster hunter. <laughs> ha! And then um, I had a nice picture where I had like a cat framed right in front of... <laughs> like framed right in front of the camera like yeah obviously yeah. but like his face was covering half the screen and then I was kind of in the back when there were more cats I tried to make it look as full of cats as possible so then I go to Meavers and find out that I can't post pictures from the game that's weird and then that's I'm, something developers have and, to and then I'm like maybe there's something wrong so then I scroll through the Meavers community and find out that there are, there are no pictures anywhere. yeah for some reason select, some developers are choosing not to allow pictures which seems silly to me I mean, because Meavers is all about getting other people to buy your game yeah, like Monster Hunter I don't get why they didn't I mean, it might have been an oversight, honestly. Yeah, like, uh, like something like um, the Google Street, you make sense. Like, okay, I don't want you to post like my other people's right, but something like Call or something. of Duty or Monster Hunter doesn't make as much sense. I feel like with Monster Hunter, since it's a port of a 3DS game, and since it came out at launch in Japan, Nintendo might, just might not have made for some stupid reason, just might not have passed on the correct Miiverse code libraries to Capcom to let them bake in screenshots. The good news is that uh, that April update with off TV play, I think also has Miiverse stuff, I think, which will include screenshots, I imagine. Oh. I might be wrong about that, but I remember reading that somewhere. But you know one game that does do screenshots but, quite well? But I am going to keep, like, every day that I play Monster Hunter, I'm going to at least, like, do one post for that day. Oh, like I, a drawing of what you did? Yeah, I'm just doing, like, nice. si- I'm just doing silhouettes of every of a monster I fight that That day. reminds me of, uh, we showed this in our Art Masters of the Miiverse Extra article on the site, if anyone's curious. It's ten great artists that you should follow on Miiverse. We posted it a couple months ago. One of them, Jeremy per- Parrish of uh, 1UP. Well, Formerly of 1UP. The Mario Brothers right? Yeah, he did uh, a Mario Brothers drawing for every level. So it's kind of cool that you're doing your own take on that idea. Yeah. So And also check out that article for some great Miiverse art. So let's see how many days it takes me to beat it because I'll do yeah, just one per yeah. day. For that nice. Thing. Nice idea. 
But yeah, um, going from your lack of screenshots to my ability to post screenshots, check out this transition. Pretty uh, screenshots. Pretty screenshots, because it's a pretty game, and I'm talking Need for Speed Most Wanted You. Uh, I'm, I picked it up. You are Most Wanted. I, I am Most Wanted. No, I picked it up uh, when I came on launch day, on this past Tuesday, and it is really, really fun. Like, I am having a blast with it. So, I guess I should just, the, the structure of the game, from someone who hasn't played a Need for Speed, or well, yeah. Basically, how it, works, need for speed. how it works, it's an open... If you have a need for speed, but have yet to acquire it. Acquire, yeah. Uh, so how it works is it's an open world. You're in the city of Fairhaven, and you basically have an entire world at your fingertips. Like, literally, it's a whole city. You have uh, mountain ridges, you like a mountain pass. You have a rural area. You have a downtown area. You have freeways. You have... It's quite impressive. It's quite large. And... Um, what your goal is is you want to become the most wanted driver in the city, the best driver there is. So there's a list of 10 most wanted drivers, and what you want to do ultimately, the goal of the game, is to be number one on that list, to run the, the town, basically. And to do that, you have to beat the other 10 drivers. And to be able to even face off against them, you need to complete a series of different races and challenges and miscellaneous activities in your car that um, earn you what, they, what EA, or what the game calls, speed points. The more speed points you have the closer you get to getting to those top 10 racers. And how it works is each racer unlocks and you get a certain number of speed points. So you could acquire speed points through single-player stuff, such as, you know, just a standard sprint race, where it's just go from point A to point B, or a lap race where you do a couple laps, or even things like uh, outrun the cops. That Whether you do that as a challenge or just do it because you accidentally speed past a cop in the city, because, yes, there are cops just patrolling like any city, and you can't accidentally zip past them. Like red light cameras? No, just like red lights. Like if you pass a red light, do they chase you? I don't know. There are red lights. But I haven't seen lights? them. I haven't seen them catch me for that yet. Oh. But I imagine they would. But it, uh, yeah. So the cops. That's also the other half of most wanted. Is there's a you're wanted, obviously. So um, the cops will chase you, even just spontaneously as you're driving around. So all that gets you speed points. As does the online multiplayer that earns you speed points, and you use all those speed points specifically to get to those top ten. And the open world, the nice thing about it is as you're driving around, you can either um, use pre-selected cars that you have access to, or if you find cars in the open world, you can switch that car and then get granted access to it at any point in the game. So all that's done through a thing called Easy Drive. And Easy Drive is uh, Criterion Games. They're the developers. They're the guys behind uh, the Burnout series and some of the other Need for Speeds. And the excellent Burnout series, I might add. And uh, what they did with Easy Drive is instead of having to load a menu and go to your garage to deck out your car, go to the garage to do this or that, you just, as you drive, you literally hit right on the D-pad and the menu pops up in the top left. And you can just sort through everything as you're driving. I'm not a good multitasker, and I don't think anyone's good enough to do this. So I was crashing as I was doing it. So the best, my best advice is to pull over when you're going to go to Easy Drive, where you can do things like customize your car, add new stuff. You can... Uh, change the color of it you can change your car you can set races you can like set look at events inside most want events or just random races and whatnot and decide if you want to do them and you have two options in that case one is to set a destination and then you literally drive through the open world to the race like it would be in real life like oh i'm gonna go street race let me weave through you know west la to get there or whatever or you could just go straight to it if you're on a time crunch um the advantage if you go straight to is you can't get distracted by other cars you may find or cops that pull you, that try and pull you over. The disadvantage is you are gonna have a hard time finding cars because you're not exploring as much. 
uh, when you beat those individual races, I know this is a lot of, like background, but I just want to explain how the game works. When you beat those individual races, you unlock new parts primarily. Yes, you get speed points, which help you get on the most wide, but the only way you're going to beat those most wide dudes is if you have a car with good aftermarket stuff in it. Good nitros, good tires, good body, all that. So you, by being these races, if you get first, second, or third, you get different items, and they can equip those items to your car and build out a better car and deck out your car and whatnot to have it be able to compete in those most wanted races once you have the speed points to do it. So that's kind of how the game works on a structural level. That makes sense? It's, yeah. Yeah. So, um... Sounds fun. No, it is. And, uh... What was I going to say? Yeah, so the Wii U version has some unique features. Most notably, we've talked about them before on the podcast, most notably is co-driver mode, which lets uh, someone with the gamepad, be it yourself if you're playing solo, or a friend if you're using another controller to actually race. They can do things like change day to night in real time. They can uh, change the car in real time, change the color of the car, which also repairs any damage because, yes, cars do acquire damage just like in real life. They can... uh, What else can they do? They can do other... They can take control of the car physically. Like, if you're having trouble, they can literally take over and various things like that. So, co-driver, I didn't have a chance... I did not have a chance to try it with someone else, but I was doing it solo while driving around. Some of the stuff, I could see the potential definitely in the co-driver stuff if, like, you're playing with your... Let's say you're a parent and you're playing with your kid and they need help or you're playing with a friend and they suck. Like, <laughs> you could definitely, like, taking over their car is really handy. As is, oh, another thing you could do is, like, take out the cops. You could spin out the nearest cop when you're, in, when you're being pursued by them. And uh, in those situations, that's also very handy and something that can help a player who may be stuck. Other, so those don't really do as much for single player. Yeah, you could take out a cop, but you can't obviously take control of someone else. And changing car, you do have to look down at the gamepad long enough to browse through the logos of each car, and it only changes it to the top model of the car that you have currently. For uh, yeah, for example, uh, Audi, they have three different cars I've seen so far in the game. It'll only give you one of the three if you tap it on the gamepad. Otherwise, you have to do it through Easy Drive menu with the D-pad. So that's just something to be like. It's not a bad thing. It's just something to be aware of that you can't pick exactly the car you want on the gamepad. Not that's you a problem. The brand, essentially. Yeah, you change the brand, and you can fix it on the fly, which is kind of neat. Uh, the day-night thing's kind of cool. If you prefer one lighting saying over another, it changes literally instantly, which is really nice. So, like, co-driver, it's cool if you have the person next to you, but it's nothing game-changing unless you're playing the co-op mode. Like, when I'm doing it solo... Oh, and, of course, there's a map. I forgot a map. You can bring up a map on the touchscreen um, at any time, and that's helpful. But, I don't know, it just felt like, for single-player, which isn't what it's designed for, I realize, it's nice, but not necessary. It definitely... Uh, Multiplayer, it's definitely the potential's there. And even in single player, it is nice if you know what that the car that you are pressing the touchscreen icon for is the best model you have. Then it's handy. Or if you want to repaint on the fly, it's very handy. Or the map is very handy. So it's handy, it's just not mind-blowing. I guess is the best way to sum it up. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is probably the graphics. So this game is supposedly the best-looking version, and I would not disagree at all. The they're using the PC textures instead of the PS3 and 360 textures. So that means the roads look super good. The cars look super nice. Light bounces off them really like realistically. The lighting in the game changes dynamically and it looks great. Even the reflections in the road. So the road textures look like insane. They look like gravelly. And the texture or the reflections in them when you're driving past, like there's puddles and there's you know slickness when it rains and whatnot. And all that, the reflections seem to be like independent of each other like they seem to really be based on how you're moving past it it's not just like a static texture it actually is dynamic and that just like when i saw that, it's like whoa this is cool now maybe that's because i've been stuck with a wii that doesn't have that great of graphics up until now up to getting the wii u but either way it looks really gorgeous the game looks great 
And um, I guess just a few other things worth mentioning is along with the most wanted list, there's also something called Autolog, which ties in to uh, the online world of Need for Speed and really all your friends on your Wii U. Unfortunately, none of my Wii U friends have been playing the game, so I don't have these features directly. But from my understanding, how it works is every car... Every speed, uh, every speed cam you pass, every thing, every top score you get, every race you race in, all of that, the scores are shared out to all your friends. So if I, like, when I pull up next to a car when playing single player with no friends, I, uh, I will see above the car, it'll say like, it'll show my me, and it'll be like Jason or JSR's best time or whatever or be- whatever with this car, whatever it is. And under it, I'd imagine, would be the other people who I'm friends with. Or like when I pass a speed cam, it'll show what the record on that speed cam is and who holds it. Or when I pass, or when I do a race, it'll show my personal best and there's room for other people's scores. So it's all baked right in and the most want- wanted list in the game. That top 10 with the computer components, your friends are added to that list as well. So you could be number 10 in your game, but you'll see that, or in my case, I'll see Jose if he ever gets the game. He could be number 7. So now I do I want to... No, I'm just saying when the game starts. So not only... Would I want to get to number one of the computer control characters, but I want to be ahead of him too, so it's like a double challenge. So basically it means that even though me and him may not be able to play online in real time because we're busy or whatever, we're still competing nonstop. Like everything's fully baked in. Um, that's not to say online multiplayer isn't available. I'll just run through this real quick, but it does have a fully multi online multiplayer mode. It's open world as well. When you start it, you enter a lobby, or you don't even enter a lobby, you just get dumped into a virtual world. Not the exact one you're in. It puts you somewhere else in a different car, usually, because there's different restrictions, like you can only use everyday vehicles, which for some reason are neon green Ford Fiestas. Or you can only like do this or only do that. So it'll dump you in a like a mirror world, where all your speed points and whatnot that are accumulated and all the item upgrades you get as you play as those cars will transfer back but to your normal game but it's like this weird parallel world and then when you're done playing online it dumps you right back where you were before you hit online so that's a little strange but the online's pretty seamless you um it really plays up the open world that you're in a real city so when the race starts you don't just start at the starting line you have to go drive to a meetup spot when you're in the meetup spot then it starts and then you race or you do other challenges how it works is it'll give you a whole string of different events it seems to be randomized you have team races you have normal races you have challenges like a near misses where you have to pass each other a certain number of times without like hitting each other or things like that so it is pretty dynamic and it does have voice chat that that only needs the gamepad's mic built-in microphone so you can uh, chat super easily no accessory needed and if you don't want to there's a mute option so that in a nutshell is the gameplay one other thing worth mentioning now that i think about it is police pursuits i mentioned are kind of a big thing in the game and how it works is you need to outrun them for a certain amount of time the more cops you hit the more barricades you smash through they do roadblocks they do spike strips they do everything and the more damage you cause the cops and the more cops you get involved in the chase the higher your uh, heat goes so to speak your heat rating and if you get too if you get really hot if you're, then they really send the cavalry after you so to cool down you have to evade them for a certain amount of time so on your map you'll see a big blue circle around you and if there's any cop in that circle as you move you're not going to be able to cool down at all so really what you have to do is not only evade them but find a good hiding spot be it inside a warehouse or behind a parking garage like and you have to get far enough distance from them in order to hide there long enough that they patrol and eventually give up and all their radio chatter as you cool down or as you heat up all the radio chatter is coming out in real time from the gamepad speaker so the tv is playing the music and the sound effects and your gamepad's having the radio chatter which is actually really cool so yeah that's a whole nother component that's actually really fun because you couldn't get in these i was in a chase for 20 minutes which sounds like oh that's not long but if you consider that like 
you're just driving around a virtual city 20 minutes after with the same couple cops chasing me is kind of insane but um no it's it's really fun and one other nice little nintendo extra they threw in much like uh less important than the gamepad but still kind of cool is uh they have an easter egg and you have customizable license plates that you can put on your car and they have different designs you can customize what the plate says and they have four designs that are clearly based on nintendo characters they have a show they have a red and blue car on the plate and the plate says plumber on it they have a pink car with princess written on it a green car with yoshi or not yoshi with dinosaur written on it obviously referencing yoshi and they even have a car a picture of uh a couple cars, all different colors, and it says "caught them all," and it, which is clearly a Pokemon reference. So it's nice right, that right. they, so it's nice that they threw those in there. But um, as great as the game is, a couple words of caution: like I really like it, I really recommend it. Anyone who likes a racing game, this is great because you can either explore open world or you can go the more arcadey. I just want to go event, 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 and just go through the easy drive menu and hit start race and not have to set a destination or wait and it till you get there. It might still be thirty bucks. So. It might on Origin still be thirty bucks. EA's Origin Store, the piece. Uh, their PC client has a physical store counterpart, like online store. So you can buy the game. It was 30 bucks on launch day, opposed to the usual 60 Uh The deal ends really soon, though, if not already. So by the time you listen to this, it might be gone. I'm not sure. But there are a few words of caution. Uh, so yeah, real quick, I do recommend... I think I said this, but yeah. just to... Yeah, I do recommend it if you have any interest in racing games, arcade racing games. It's really fun. All the cars, I should mention, handle differently, like different turn races and everything. There's drifting. It It's like a really deep arcade racer i'm really enjoying it and i highly recommend it to anyone who likes any sort of racing unless you only like a mario kart style game then this is probably not your cup of tea since it's a little different but even then maybe figure out a way to try it um but a couple things words of warning to people interested in the game first up you do need an origin account an ea origin account to play i know some people like boycotting ea but if you want to play this online you need to make an origin account uh you create one right in the game as soon as you boot up for the first time it'll ask you but you can't later change that account. So if you create a new Origin account because you forgot your old one, you're stuck with using that new Origin account in Need for Speed Most Wanted You. You can't switch to another one. No. At least not easily. So I would recommend that if you do have an Origin account and you are willing to play online, that you have that info ready to go when you boot the game. Or you can just create a new one like I did. Um, honestly, I don't think it's that big of a deal. They don't. I, you can opt out of emails right in the, the sign-up. So... Yeah, it's not a huge deal, but I know some people might care. Second issue, hard locks. There's been some buzz around the web, buzz is the wrong word, that um, their people's games have been, Need for Speed have been locking up on them. Specifically, if you use the in-game post to Meverse option, yes, right in the Easy Drive menu, they let you post right to Meverse. You, can attach a, you cannot attach a screenshot that way. You have to go through the home menu to do so, but you can post the message. Or if you sometimes come back from the home menu, if you were to, say, post a screenshot, the game will occasionally lock up. This happened to me on two occasions. I've played a lot, though, so it's actually a pretty low rate. Some people, and it all saves, I should make it clear, anytime anything changes in the game, it saves automatically. So you don't lose, like, if it locks up, it sucks. You have to restart, but you're not actually losing any data, which is nice. But, um, yeah, people have been having it happen to them. I have noticed, even when it doesn't lock up, if you come back from the post in Meverse screen, built, you know, baked into the game, not the home menu, it does kind of stutter. When it comes back, like there's a really noticeable frame rate dip for like a second, and it goes back to normal. Home menu, that stutters there, but less so, so hopefully EA addresses that with a patch. Also worth mentioning, since I mentioned Meverse, yes, Meverse is in the game. You can post directly to it. Apparently, you can receive messages through it, like that will appear in the game as you complete stuff from your friends. But since I have no friends, I have no way to test it, so I'm not sure how that works. I will say, though, that my me is popping up on billboards around town that said Most Wanted on it, so... 
I'm kind of a badass. That's my point. And <laughs> at least my me is. And third, uh, DLC is up in the air right now. The game comes with the ultimate speed pack right in the game as a standard thing baked right in. You know, there's no extra menu you have to go to or anything. But they are currently not playing the future DLC packs for it, which means that if you want extra cars or some new areas uh, in, that are available in the Terminal Velocity, Movie Legends, or Heroes DLC pack, currently they're not planned. The upside is that uh, Criterion Games had one of the head developers there, Alex Ward, has been saying on Twitter that if the game sells well, the DLC will come. So it's really, they just don't know if they have the ability to dedicate the resources right now, if, if Nintendo, if EA will give them the funding or not. So that's a waiting game. But that is Need for Speed, in a very long nutshell. Uh, but no, I, I, can't, I can't stress enough, it's, it's really good. I really, really like it. So definitely check it out if you have any interest. And the final game, which I think we're both going to talk about rather briefly, since you know it's been available on multiple systems over the years, is Punch Out featuring Mr. Dream, not Mike, Tyson. not Mike Tyson because that contract ended a long time ago, and he is he Punch Out is now available on the Wii Virtual Console as this month's Famicom 30th anniversary game, which means it is only thirty cents. So really, there's no reason not to buy it, but I might as well run through some quick impressions, right? Yeah, it's funny. It's been, I mean, it's a boxing game, but if anything, it's more of a puzzle game than a boxing yeah. game. Yeah. It's all about reading patterns, pattern recognition, just yeah. um, you, uh, find out how to punch the guy the fastest possible. Maybe sometimes your up jabs won't work and you have to use lower jabs, but maybe you have to purposely hit his blocks so he could yeah. attack you back. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's fun. Yeah, it's actually, it's fun because my first punch out was really actually... hard, actually. Yeah, my first punch out was actually the Wii version, the next level games developed one. Oh. The guys that did Luigi Mansion that Dark Moon. Really good. Yeah, and so it was kinda of interesting to like go back and see what inspired it and it's amazing how well they did with updating it. Or how well this is like that. I, yeah. It's amazing how well next level updated. But yeah, the like you said, the pattern recognition is um the big thing. It's really you really have to look for the tell, the tells of each person. Yeah. Like, they'll mo- make a certain move or a certain sound before they do something, and then that's when you strike or that's when you dodge. And stamina really just... You're vulnerable in certain spots. You yeah, have to do something. Exactly. And just like with uh, the Wii version, stamina plays in, plays a role. So you can't just block and get punched every time because that'll lower your stamina. You actually have to be able to dodge, which is something I didn't think of at first. So I just kept turning purple, which means my stamina's gone. I couldn't do anything, and I couldn't figure out why. But yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, stamina's a big thing, and yes... The game is full of stereotypes, mm-hmm. as everyone has long suspected. And but um, yeah, and Mario as the ref. One interesting thing, though, and uh, I believe you 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 probably played more Punch Out than me, but the save state ability kind of changes the dynamic of the game. Yeah, I mean, as hard as that game is, oh my god! Like when you lose in, like in the regular one, like the yeah, on save yeah. state version of it, you have to go back to the beginning, or you have a password, and the passwords are always notoriously long and annoying to type. Speaking of those passwords, real quick, the scene where uh, Lil Mac is running with the pink hoodie on mm. and his trainer's on the bike, that was the password screen. They would give you a 16... 16? No. They give you a 12, 11? I have that costume in BitTrip Runner 2. Oh. Yeah. They give you like a 10 or 11 digit code. It's long. That you remember. And because NES games at the time, this was before Zelda, before the battery was put in the cartridge that allowed you to save, so it was all password based. So it's basically, no one ever remembered the password. So it's like you had, like you said, you have to restart from the beginning. Yeah, or you write it down. Or yeah. But now that you have save states, I mean, if you get to a really hard part, you just create a save state and... and come back. It's yeah. more like the... It, basically, you you will never backtrack. You will progress as long as you remember to put your save states and... In that regard, it's really more like the Wii version, which is fine. I keep comparing it to the Wii version. Obviously, that makes sense. Yeah, because that one's split it up by fighters and you don't have to, like... You don't have to retrace yeah, your steps. Yeah, because yep. this one goes by... By cups, so if you lose at any point in the cup, you have to start all the yeah. way from the beginning. 
But punch out on Wii, and now thanks to save states, this allows you to go fighter by fighter at your own pace. You don't have to completely restart. Yeah, just remember to save the save state. And don't make the mistake of putting a save state right after you lose. Yeah, because then it erases. You only get one save state at a time, which is one of the nice perks of the Wii U Virtual Console, which we discussed before. It has save states. It has customizable controls. For example, for some, in the original Punch-Out! NES, the start button was your special move, which you collect when you hit the boxers just right at the right timing or whatever. You'll sometimes get a star, and that lets you get a special uppercut, which basically knocks them out. Uh, this is true in Punch-Out! Wii as well. It's mapped to the start button on the NES. Or the plus button on the Wii U gamepad, which just feels kind of strange. But thanks to the custom controls of the Wii U Virtual Console, which is a first for Nintendo's Virtual Consoles, you can actually move it to a more normal button like Y or X. So that's kind of a nice perk. Yep. But I mean, really, you can't go wrong with it. It's 30 cents. It's 30 cents. It's 30 cents. It's 30 cents, and it led to many really great games. Super Punch-Out, Punch-Out on Wii. So you might as well play the thing that started all and has the same core gameplay. Like, you're not getting a different experience. If you play the... And catchy music. And catchy music, and like I said, stereotypes galore. Like if you want to see a a German guy say "I'll conquer you," yep, that's <laughs> there. If you want to see a Russian guy drink vodka and be drunk, that's there too. So it's from a bygone era. He's drinking soda in this game, though. Yeah, well, soda Popinski. Yeah, oh, well, yeah it's supposed to be booze. Yeah, apparently, apparently, I don't remember where it was. His name was supposed to be vodka von something. Yeah, and they changed it. Yeah, yeah, in Japan, it's vodka von something. I think. Yeah. But yeah, so I guess that that's really all there is to say about Punch-Out. Like, yeah. You can't go wrong for 30 cents. So I think, I mean, that's what we're playing. That was a look at eShop and retail games are kind of both systems. It was, it was a long episode. Yep. I feel like they're getting longer. It's the longest. Two I and a half feel, hours. Yeah, no, not quite two and a half. 2.20 something. Yeah. So with that, let's wrap it up rather quickly so people can go on with their day. Thanks for listening as always. That's true. I don't, I don't think we say this enough, but thank you for listening. It, you know, it's you guys that make this possible because it's you guys that keep us going. Thank you. So thank you. Um, you know, while we're thanking you, you can do us a favor and check out the extras over at Nintendo.com. So I, I'm going to mention it again. We mentioned it earlier. Be sure to read my extra NFC's futures, E-Rears past for a look at how Nintendo could very likely approach uh, NFC going forward. Mario Party, Animal Crossing, NES games. Who knows? There's a lot of potential there. So check out the article. And also stay tuned to the site next week. We're bringing back uh, flashbacks for Volume 3. We'll have Jose's original art paired with our wonderful prose for our thoughts on our favorite Nintendo 64 games, and the list may surprise you. Some games that you would think would be on there might not, and some that you won't might. So it's definitely, you know, if nothing else, just see how crazy we are for not including Game Blah, or including Game Blur. So <laughs> stay tuned for that, and also I promised in the past... Game Blur should have probably been on there. Yeah, I think it should have, yeah. But I think Game Blur... I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, um, be sure to stay tuned so that we have extras uh, on a regular basis, as you know. We try and do them whenever there's not a podcast week, so we still have that Adventure Game article coming. We still have a look at uh, Nintendo's new mascots. There's a lot in the works, so definitely stay tuned. Easiest way to stay tuned, of course, follow us on Twitter, at Nintendo. You can also follow me and Jose individually. I'm JSR7. He's Wero, which is spelled... W-E-I-R-O underscore O. Wow, I've been saying it for 38 episodes and you don't know how to spell it. Yeah, uh, I didn't know I was going to spell it. I know. Also, I'm also if you... Good pre- job. Yes. Also, uh, to make sure you don't miss an episode of the podcast, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or the favorite podcast app of your choice. Uh, cool thing about iTunes is the iOS podcast app actually just got updated, so... It works in new and better ways. So if you want to ask to your iPhone, now it's e- easier than ever. And if you want to friend or follow us on Meverse and see what we're actually playing and what sort oh, of crazy comment post. and see his post or see my random photos from Need for Speed, including me driving a Batmobile. Yes, a Batmobile. 
Uh, you can follow where or Jose at Wero, same spelling on Meverse, or me at Jason R. No underscore. I think just J S O N R. So with that, uh, I think that pretty much does it. We will be back in two weeks on April seventh for a pretty big episode where we will have impressions of the just released Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, Harmon Knight, and who knows what else. I mean, I'll, I'm, just, I'm just putting this out there. There's a Nintendo Direct due pretty soon. It's been a while, and we don't know any Wii U release dates. So hey, in two weeks, who knows? Maybe we'll have Nintendo Direct news. Maybe not. But either way, we will definitely have game impressions. And until then, if you picked up Luigi's Mansion or Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, enjoy them. And I'll see you in two weeks.